You wanna go to war? You got a war. You started it, we gonna finish. I practice, or, yeah. or should I say the endurance? I, I can't keep it. it up. I can't keep it up for as long as I could when I was younger. It's all, it's all about the endurance. I need some Viagra. I need some <laughs> drummer's Viagra. Right. When I'm at shows and I see a left-handed drummer every now and again, I'll be like, hang on, sit in for a second, and I'll get behind there and realize, no, that's that's why he does it. And I just sit here with a camera or some kind of recording <laughs> device. Okay. Well, then start Punk Off Podcast episode. I'm not sure what because I've been too lazy to keep track of how far we're ahead. And uh, uh, it's, it's like 14, but uh, we'll say that and it'll be 16 or something. I don't know. The last one that was going to go out tomorrow is actually darn near like three weeks old. Well, I thought you go ahead and rela- release it last week uh, on a like middle of the week or Friday. Yeah, so obviously that didn't happen. Yeah, so I, that, <laughs> when it didn't happen, I'm like, screw it, it'll go out next week. So, okay, as per usual, Dan Destroyer. Chris Crude. And we got a guest with us today, Jeremy Schindorf from the NWO Metal Militia. And I, it's nice I didn't have to start rolling into that at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, why don't you go ahead while you're here, we'll, we'll get into our backstory later. But uh, go ahead and plug, plug your uh, militia. The NWO Metal Militia is just something I started back in January. Uh, been going to shows for years and cleaning out an old computer at Christmas time last year. And my son had saw that I had like half a million photos from 20 years of going to shows. And he says, man, you ought to share this with people other than just have it in the basement. So I thought, you know, how, how would I go about doing that? And he said, well, start a Facebook page. You know, there's so much evil going on on Facebook. Do something positive. So I did just that. I started this page up, and I go to shows anywhere from uh, Fort Wayne to Pittsburgh, down to Wheeling, West Virginia, up to Detroit, and, and back to Chicago. I've covered all those in the manner of uh, 11 months or so. And mostly heavy stuff, but I've done quite a few punk shows as well, and some alternative. And We don't discriminate here. It's no. called the Punk Off Podcast, but we don't discriminate. <laughs> and I don't discriminate either. It's the metal militia, but... There's some lighter side stuff on it as well, and I'd that be aluminum. Yes, aluminum. <laughs> you got the steel members, and you have the aluminum right, members. Right, the aluminum of members. The metal just lightly cast in. I can see why he's the co-host. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> but yeah, I've been going to shows and uh, trying to show everybody what great music is out there in the local scene, and the fact that the best music produced in the world will never make it to the radio nor should it i just try to be that bridge the the gap that someone would not have heard of of different locals and this happens to me exactly. well I, I was just telling you a few moments ago about some locals from toledo that yeah. that most people haven't heard you maybe in this area or in toledo but 
when I get out next weekend, I'll be in Detroit. The weekend after that, I'll be back uh, in Pittsburgh. So I'll take some of that stuff with me. And I put it all over the page. And uh, I've, I've spread. Well, I'll people. say your page grew pretty fast. I was yeah. surprised. 2,000 people in less than a year. And we were joking in September. My wife said, you know, you may even hit 1,000 by the end of the year. And hell, we've doubled that plus some. And just this morning, I woke up and there was 16 more from just last night's show. And, and it, it works like wildfire, like six degrees of separation. Yeah. You know, one person, I try to get all of the bands in the page before I share, like, their video from last night. Yeah. So I can tag them. And it, it just, it's the best way for me to network because now they've got people looking at, well, they wouldn't have checked out NWO Metal Militia, but... Dane Corser from Lost in Chicago. Yeah. You know, he's got, you know, ever, as soon as I tagged, hit, tagged him, everybody in his friends group's like, oh, check that. Oh, this is a metal page. And yeah. that's, it just grows. It does all the work itself. I just get to go enjoy metal, man. <laughs> that's what I do. All right. So I guess we're uh, going back a little bit. We'll kind of talk about how you and I met, <laughs> which is through the job. We do, this is the job of which we do not speak its name on this podcast. Just keep from lawsuits and everything else <laughs> but yeah you and I actually met at this job as well and I always found it amusing later when you confessed what you when you first saw me what you thought <laughs> so go ahead go ahead and tell everyone that's uh, listening because I, I find it amusing because I what, what did I first think of you? I, the, the story that's coming up to me is, is one time I'm still somewhat embarrassed about we were talking about music and, and you were so much into more underground than I was. I was just, I had no, no avenue other than FM 104 or yeah. something of that nature. And I was listening to all the, the mainstream stuff and, and you, you had said it, you know, have, have you ever listened to really any punk or anything? I'm like, punk, like, uh, like Joan Jett, like punk, <laughs> <laughs> the look on your face. Is, and I'm so embarrassed by it now, but that, that's kind of what I do with the page is try to get people past that. Because yeah. All you have is 104 telling you what music is, that's that's not what it's about, no. man. That's that's what the media wants to sell you. This pretty, wrapped up in a bow crap. That yeah. And you speaking of one hundred and four, you know, at work we need something to listen to in the office, and that's only like one of the only like uh, like a streaming radio station. You know that that me and my partner can agree on. You know, it's it's, it's neutral. You won't hear cussing and stuff like that. Sure. It, it's office friendly. Okay. Sure. Well, don't really know where I'm going with this now that I said it. But oh, yeah, you can you can tell which uh, you're talking about um, corporate owned, and you know it's not like it was where the DJ had control of what they played. Right. You can tell uh, who's coming to the like major arenas, like the big name concerts, because all of a sudden they'll start playing like two or three songs by that group every hour on the hour to try and right. sell tickets. Because they're also in that other business, and you know, it's all they got a vested interest. It's exactly. the marketing of six bands across the nation. That's, I mean, <laughs> if you turn on 104, the same, nothing against 104, it's just commercial yeah. radio in yeah. general, but that's who we have is 104. You go to Cleveland, it's MMS, it's yeah. the same Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, over and over. And I love Led Zeppelin, I named my firstborn Led Zeppelin, but I've heard every song. Yeah. I, I'm a 40 year old man now, I'm not 16 anymore. There's still great songs, but I've heard enough. Yeah. You know, if I never hear Freebird ever again in my life, it'll be good. <laughs> you know? Not that they were terrible songs or Leonard Skinner's bad, but 
You've heard it plenty. I, I, I evolve. My ears have evolved. I don't I don't listen to what I listened to at 16. I don't play what I played at 16. I, you know, I, so many get caught up in that safety. That's why cover bands sell in, in little yeah. rural areas like ours. That they People and audience want the safety of, I know the words. I feel more intelligent if I know the words so I can go there and sing fuck, stupid poison yeah. songs all the time. I, and, then, and I know that's because there's a lot karaoke. of Karaoke. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's karaoke. It's Bon Jovi's. Let's sing some Bon Jovi's. I won't mention any of the local band names, but there's been a couple of people like, oh, this and this band is playing, and they're a huge cover band in this area. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... I don't need to go. I know what Leonard Skinner sounds like. I don't need to hear someone else's interpretation of it as well. Right. And I'm sure people think I'm an arrogant asshole for that, but that's just how I am. I want to, if I'm going to go to a show, I want to hear a new band do something totally different. Yep. Come out of the box. Yes. There's so much great stuff out there that I don't know the words to when I go, but 90% do have a hard copy there for mm-hmm. sale or, or gift. And it's, that's what's great about traveling to shows is I normally have a two-hour trip back home so i flop it in and i got it to listen to and and sometimes you know new fresh music it, you don't hear it the first time and go oh that's the greatest ever it just take, it takes yeah. a couple yeah. so you, you give it a couple three plays sometimes they get moved to the yeah, pile sometimes it's like whoa that's a definite keeper yeah but if you keep listening to the same six bands man they're going to keep giving you the same six freaking songs yeah right? no b-sides no anything they're just going to keep playing the same thing over and over i actually was doing pretty good with that when i was uh playing in a band a few years ago and doing shows you meet other people and you know you'd trade you'd trade merchandise or stuff like that with each other and sure <clears throat> I, I, I'm just glad I got this punk off podcast and Dan Destroyer to keep me fresh <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I, feel, I feel like I've been sagging for the last couple of years I've been out of the game you guys go to shows at all? I don't get to go as much as I used to because, as you know, I used to go quite a bit. All right. Not bagging on the spouse or anything. <laughs> she doesn't feel like going, and you know. So, and that was the other thing. Even at the shows, sometimes you kind of had to watch what shows I took her to because the crowd would sometimes get her a little rowdier than than than, than it was fun to deal with later. So. Yeah, I took the wife. The wife doesn't go with me very often, but I, I took her about this time last year to Cleveland to a Guar show. <laughs> that was an eye opener. I mean, and for me, that's still mainstream stuff. But Guar is still Guar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was back when they had Volvatron. And if you've seen any of the yeah. footage with Volvatron, I've seen the videos. Yeah. yeah. I cannot believe that's an all ages show. My God. <laughs> <laughs> I took my wife, and the whole time I was like, I got to go Volvatron. So what, what got aborted? <laughs> uh, they. Uh, <laughs> They had her for about nine, nine maybe ten months, and uh, she would come out, and she had a, well, she would rip her top open, and then they had uh, squirting blood nipples. Uh, you know, in a guar show, they've got fake blood, right. sugar water, oh, everywhere. Yeah. But she would do that as well, and they, whatever, I'm an adult, it's funny, it's it's all the theatrics, you know, yeah. I grew up watching Kiss videos and, and things of this nature, so it's all it's all good, but then I'm looking down at the pit at Harpo's when I saw the show again, and there's like seven, eight-year-olds down there with their parents, and like, <laughs> not good parenting, not, <laughs> just, they shouldn't, the blood nipples, I mean, the pit, whatever, but nah, a little too I, soon for I you. don't know about all that, man, you know, <laughs> and I'm a pretty cool dad, I, mean, I take my kids to a lot of metal shows, but nudity is still something I kind of... Hold that back from him. You know what I mean? Yeah. The old band, we never made it big enough to uh, play with Guar, but uh, did open for uh, 
Green Jello, does that count? <laughs> the green Jello's still touring. So is Guar. So that must mean that they're they're doing something right. I had followed. I had gotten in pretty good with the guys from Guar a year ago. Back in June, I went to Cleveland to see Red Fang, mm-hmm. and I the band that was opening up for them called the American Sharks. I I talked to those guys in Cleveland. I thought they were so great. Just a three piece, real trashy, sloppy, yeah. punky. And uh, started talking to him. I said, man, I like the show so much. I'm going to come to Detroit tomorrow night. They played at Magic Stick. Yeah. I'm going to check you guys out there. They're like, oh, that's cool. They didn't think they'd ever see me again. So we went <laughs> back. We went up there. This was Zeppelin's. It was close to his 21st birthday. Yeah. Summer of last year. We went up to Magic Stick. And uh, they were playing again with, with Red Fang. And they're like, holy crap, you showed up, man. And I'm like, yeah, I told you I would. We live you know, south of Toledo. So this is like right in the middle of the way. Well, the show was so phenomenal that night. All three bands, Big Business, American Sharks, and Red Fang. Just fell in love, man. There were actually a little pit started. There were people climbing the, the beam up to the rafters in the place. I've got some photos of it. It's pretty rad. Just a great show. The electricity got a hold of me. They were playing in Chicago the next night. And so I'm talking to uh, Rocky Moon, whom I got all of their tattoos on my arm <laughs> shortly thereafter. And I said, dude, I love the show so much, I'm going to come to Chicago tomorrow. He goes, you're going to follow us three days in a row to Chicago. Okay, whatever. Well, I showed up. <laughs> We ended up becoming great fans. That third day, they gave me a call out from the stage, and it was Zepp's birthday. And I said, you know, he's got this is Jeremy Schendorf, and I, it wasn't actually the NWO Metal Militia yet. We had joked around and threw that name around a little bit, but yeah. he'd give us a call out. He's father of the year, blah, 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 blah. Had a really good rapport with those guys. Uh, their next tour was with Guar and Corrosion of Conformity, the, the three-piece Corrosion of Conformity yeah. without Pepper. So the more punky stuff, the early yeah. 80s, the later 80s. Technocracy kind of. Yes, here. yes, a lot of that. And became friends with with Woody. And so I followed that tour around for a little while. Uh, Cleveland at the House of Blues. I went to Chicago again. They were in Columbus at the Newport. Mr. Smalls in... uh, and Pittsburgh, that's a cool place. If you ever get to check that place, I was, it's an old church. So they yeah. turned into a skate park. And a, oh, oh, it's, okay. it's open up right. for Hansel and Gretel there. You did? Yeah. Oh, very cool. Very, I love that place. I've, since then, I've seen Pentagram there twice. Uh, Uncle Acid, The Deadbeats, that was a phenomenal show. I don't know if you guys are hip to them. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, I was just I English, plugged in the truck yesterday, oh, Uncle Acid. Yeah. English, Doom. Oh, God, I love it. I love it, man. Um, Graveyard, another <laughs> Swedish band. Very good. I saw them at Ace of Cups last Friday. Actually, uh, you naming that place brings back memories because it was one of them shows where we had a like a bunch of like a bunch of like a fetish performance yeah. in front of us where you know you couldn't tell if half the people were boys or girls or <laughs> it, 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 it didn't really matter. But we'd, like always, we'd, we'd always be uh, like after the show we'd be. Hey, that girl was asking about you. <laughs> and send, send one of the bandmates over to check him out. Nice. Her, him. <laughs> Whatever. Exactly. You androgynistic pricks. <laughs> <laughs> was that the same place that complained because you guys like smashed TVs or something? Oh, no. That, was, that was Toledo. That's okay. That's... What venue was it in Toledo? That, it was the old Seagate Center. Hmm, I, don't, I never went there for any music. Right downtown off of Madison there? Yeah. Hmm. I never went down there for they, any they, they tore it down to put up that uh, hockey arena. Okay, that's where that's at uh-huh. now. Hmm. No, it, was, it, was an old, it was an old... They had a huge auditorium, and they had, like, a, a a different club upstairs, and they had one downstairs in the basement. Oh, what... Uh, yeah, I never went there for anything, but I know what you're talking about. I... 
man, the name eludes me now. But have you guys heard that Frankie's and Iggy's uh, Innovation Concerts closed down? Yeah, I heard. Okay, so there's two venues. Actually, it was supposed to be two venues that went down. Brock Curry uh, used to run those, run Innovation Concerts, and he would get the Nationals in. And and he had, like, Butcher Babies in the last month and Nonpoint, and it was all this summer. But he he stepped back. He, He didn't want to do it anymore, so that took down two venues in Toledo. But then, as I went last night, um, Iggy's is reopened under some other name. I guess it's a country bar now in, in downtown East Cleveland. So that ought to work out well. Or East Toledo. That ought to work really well. <laughs> but the thing... Yeah, is- I, I, I kind of... Uh- old uh, bandmate of mine is the one that's uh, pretty much running the promotions to take the spot of what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. They're the ones like doing the realm that used to be the Zodiac yeah, yeah. Rocket Bar and stuff like yeah. that. And they do dub shows about every other month. And the realm is definitely all over the place right now. Um, my son is actually playing his band, Clashing Black. They're an alternative band. They're playing there. They're opening the show next Saturday night. And there's... Uh, like I said, they're lighter and, and alternative, but the the rest of the show seems a little bit heavier. There's a a band called Sound Silent, and I've caught out a, I've checked out a few things they've got. Definitely a little bit heavier sound, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm pretty anticipatory of of next Saturday because I I've seen his band so many times and I know what they bring and they're really good at what they do. Young men, they're yeah. the oldest one I think is 23, 24. My son being 22. And they, they do a lot of originals, a very few covers, but it's obscure covers. The the most mainstream thing they they cover would be Imagine Dragons, radioactive song. That, oh, that's yeah. kind of the the comfortable for people that most people have heard that through massive radio play in the last few years. But yeah. they do a lot of uh, original stuff, and that if you've been to uh, the realm, it's definitely the biggest stage. Other than headliners, it's the biggest stage in. Yeah, it's nice because we can right always now. put the cages up on each side of the stage <laughs> yeah. and have chicks dance and always play. Lots of room. Really nice lights, really good sound. So for his, I mean, I've seen him play at Howard's and uh, they did a, a benefit show at Coffee Amici in Finley last night. And, and uh, I've seen him do smaller stuff. Yeah. I really, I'm excited to see him on the big stage. You know, he's, I try to live vicariously through him because <laughs> he's got far more talent than I ever did. <laughs> Well, at least that's the good way to live vicariously through him instead right. of him like him being football in high school and be like, Dad, son! Well, we did that, too. I didn't scream all that because I knew what a terrible athlete I was as well. He was far superior at that as well. Those were some uh, exceptional times for us, too, the four years of him playing high school ball. But he uh, you know, got out of high school. He played ball for Tiffin University the first year out and just music really over has overtaken him and, yeah. and it, it's so much more fulfilling to him and, and better on his bones yeah. <laughs> oh he's looking up something now oh you're looking up yeah, Imagine Dragons I was, I was, no I was just, uh, <laughs> just telling you the name of that club and oh, everything see, uh, got off on a tangent there it's just uh, my boy Peanut Butter Williams is the one that uh Setting that stuff up. Hmm, not familiar with him. I, I know a lot of people. Yeah, he runs the dub shows. He's the one that's doing a lot of the booking for the realm and everything okay. right now. All right. Yeah, I don't think he'd likely to see Jeremy into any dub shows. It's nothing against <laughs> them. It's just him and I at least are enough yeah. like it. Like, yeah, that's fine. It's not for me. Right. I, I will promote. I mean, there's a lot of bands I go yeah. to see that aren't in my wheelhouse, but they're out keeping the scene alive so yeah. I'm, I'm gonna 
you know, there, there are bands that I get caught up on that I just totally... Goosebumps are goosebumps, man. If you can find somebody <laughs> that gives you goosebumps with the music, man, you stick to that. And I do kind of gush over them a little bit, and I write stuff on the page about them. And, and I don't mean any offense against anyone else, but that's what moves me. Yeah. You know, that, and I get turned on to those people by other people from the page. So... I mean, one band I've really, really got into in the last six months is a band from Wheeling, West Virginia called Brimstone Coven. And it's okay. a, a doomy, psychedelica, Black Sabbath-laden, but nothing copied from all yeah. original witchcraft, kind of just black magic, ill-ass music. And everything everything's great about them. I've seen it done before. I've heard it done before. But I, I saw them in Cleveland at the Beachland Ballroom six months ago or so by accident going to see a friend's band and they they started playing a real chuggy riff heavy and man i know i'm just smiling ear to ear and the lead singer is like seven foot tall john williams and he has this original nes controller tattoo on his arm and i'm like this dude is a big cool nerd man like all right and he starts singing i'm like whoa velvet from this seven foot monster man hell yeah i mean it fit really well and then Corey Roth, the guitar player, comes in with the second part harmony. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, that's something I didn't expect from this music. And then Andrew DeCagna, a left-handed bass player, playing this beautiful Rickenbacker, steps up to the third mic and throws a third part harmony over top of it. I'm like, I've not seen or heard this before. Not, no, not in a long time. It is been. beautiful. And it makes perfect sense. The, the geographic location where they're from, they were all... They all grew up around bluegrass and, and all oh, the harmonies yeah. that that entails, but but they were down with Blue Cheer and and all of those heavier bands. So they're just singing what they know and they added it to their genre. And oh man, it is just they they signed to Metal Blade Records Christmas Day of fourteen. So they're I always make a joke that you know they're kind of a big deal. Well, that is a big deal. You know, yeah. Metal Blade Records. That's no joke. I mean, they're not. They're, that's an established name. It's been around since you and I were teenagers. Yeah. Easily in the so. metal years. Yeah. You know, when in our young metal years, that's definitely a name we heard a lot. Daily. Yeah. yeah. And they signed to them, and they're coming out with their second release, which is actually the third release, but January 29th, I believe it's being released, and it's called Black Magic, and. Eh, get hip to it because it's it's definitely some I've checked them out on your page it's, uh, it definitely caught my attention yeah, and so, I've got yeah. a lot of stuff I, I, that's what I mean I don't try to <laughs> overload one thing but man I can't help it man I've been I've went down to Wheeling twice to ca- catch your shows caught a show in Columbus and then I accidentally caught them in Cleveland and just stellar just absolutely and the dudes are the nicest guys you could ever meet mm. anti-rock star shit nobody nobody's got big heads with it and really good stuff yeah, that always makes a difference when everyone... When a band's a little more personable, mm-hmm. it's a little easier to like them and their stuff a lot much more as opposed to the person who's just like, yeah, thanks, all right, yeah, and it's, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've seen, thanks. I've seen thanks. both all the time. I've met some <laughs> of the best people in my life in this past year, and I've met some real jerks, too. Right? And I could be that jerk to those guys, too, whatever. But, you know, it's not like... I, I never go in with a big head like, you know who I am? I, I Facebook page, but I have had people ask for my picture the last couple days. Oh, that's pretty last cool. Last night, and two people come up. Can we get your picture? Do you know who I am? I'm like, yeah, we know who you are. Who do you think I am? And they're like, you're the guy from the militia page, right? I am. Okay. Cheers, everybody. And we took a picture. I had the same thing happen at the uh, Corktown Tavern in Detroit about two months ago. I went up to see a punk band, Busby Death Chair. Those cats are, are phenomenal, too. Just a local Detroit band. Mm-hmm. Three-piece killer. Oh, no, sorry, four-piece. Uh, 
But I went up to see them, and I got there, and I'm waiting for my friends from Cleveland to show up, and there was a attractive young lady at the end of the bar, and I seen the eye contact, and I'm like, what the hell is she looking at my old ass yeah. for? And I grabbed a soda pop, and I take a sip, and I look down, and I caught her looking again, and she looks away, but she's with another young yeah. man. I'm like, what? So I, I go out back to to just see where the smoking patio is yeah. and see what's going on out there. And as I walk by, I see both of them make eye contact. And I said, hey, how you doing? And I extended my hand. And she goes, do you mind if I get a picture with you? And I asked her again. I asked her as well. I said, uh, who do you think I am? And she goes, you're the militia guy, right? I am indeed. And she goes, here. here. And she hands her camera to her brother or boyfriend or whoever it was. And I took a picture with somebody. So that was kind of big head stuff that... Wow, but no, notoriety is kind of a weird thing. It, it is because I well, I don't get noticed so much from the podcast because obviously it's nothing visual to it. Sure, but a couple of years ago, I was really big on doing the four one nine video thing, and mm-hmm. a big thing I was playing with that is cover skateboarding bands and everything else. And I did do that for a while, but I would go to like the tip and flea market, and I've had guys that would be about eh, around eighteen mm-hmm. being like. You're the dude from 419. <laughs> I am. Well, that's cool. You know, and, you know, they just start talking to me, and it was, it was, it was cool. But it was, it was it's go, surreal. It's, it is. It's a little odd. At first, we just kind of get recognized when you're just kind of just doing your own thing, and that's that's what uh, our, our society has done, though. I mean, <laughs> if you are seen in more than well, one well, it place, is better though to be humble than to be like, you're fucking right, I am. Oh yeah, yeah. I wouldn't do that sometime though. Like, yeah, five dollars. <laughs> just once, I get punched in the face. You know, just be all dancing about it. <laughs> Speaking of which, I went to their show. I saw that. I'm uh, kind of envious because he did announce he's done touring. Right, he's right. Done. And it was great. The sound, the sound guy, bad, whatever. I mean, that's not his fault. He put on a stellar show for a 60-year-old man. Yeah. Dude still cranks it out. I mean, Evil Elvis is all. Yes. I loved him in 1988. I still love the music now. That's never changed. It's never wavered. It's... The personality is the personality. He is yeah. who he is. And it was definitely a no photography, no no any kind of recording there. So at first I was like, ah, man, because I want to I wanna be able to document everything, yeah. you know. But it was such a nice event for me because I didn't have to worry about, okay, are batteries all charged? Do I have the mm-hmm. extra battery with me? Do I have this? Do I have that? I just went in with my, my phone, yeah. and my phone had to stay in the pocket the whole time because they were on you. Well, I know, yeah, there is, I don't know if you've seen it, there's a, there was a uh, video making the rounds yeah. of a guy that was, he was probably about maybe uh, four rows back from the stage. Yeah, and the camera phone out. Yeah. And uh, Danzig was sitting there, and I don't even remember what, it was something from probably the second album, yeah. Danzig album, Lose a Fuge. And he saw the kid, and he pointed at him, and he went like that at him, and the kid didn't stop. So during the middle of the song, he goes, hey, everybody, see this guy right here? Beat his fucking ass. Oh, that's the one in Montreal. Yeah. Yeah, I actually had a cousin that was at that show. Oh, really? Because he, the guy that got his ass kicked, yeah. uh, made a whole big farce of everything. He, he runs his own website, so it was, ah. it was publicity is what yeah. it was. But he had... I read the statement and people had sent it to me to put it on my page, but I wanted to investigate before I did so. Yeah. But he was saying that they pulled the security came and got him, pulled him on stage. Danzig worked out his bread basket. I'm like, seriously, <laughs> I mean, in front of all these people, let's let's be real here. So there, I mean, it he did get roughed Human up. Human punching bag. <laughs> he did get roughed up a little bit by security in an alley. I heard from my cousin. Yeah. He said they, you know, he kind of ran from security. <clears throat> they had told him numerous times, put it away. He didn't. He was looking to to make a name. Damn, you know, yeah. so, 
that's all that was. And he put in his thing that, well, when I had $150 in Danzig merch that I bought, and he didn't care about that. And people's replies were, you know, rules are rules. Yeah. We're not supposed you know, to. Go ahead, yeah. yeah and he was wearing an Iron Maiden shirt from what my cousin said. <laughs> there was no merch to be seen anywhere. Yeah. Just trying to make himself look like this helpless victim once again. Yeah. You know, and most people, they, they love jumping on that. Same movie, side, PCU. So. Yeah. You don't, you don't be that guy that wears the band shirt to the concert. <laughs> I don't. You've got to have your own code. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was the deal in, in Montreal. But I went to the show in Cleveland, and it was awesome because there I was in the balcony for the whole thing, mm. and there wasn't this wave of white flashes I had to look across. Yeah. Which is something we've really, with this technological age, and I'm part of the problem when I do what I do, but nobody can watch a show anymore because somebody's camera's right in the right. damn, you know, I'm, yeah. it used to be, I'm always short, so I, I try to get as close as I can, but I have to look around heads and shoulders, but now I have to look around heads in iPhones, and, and it, it does make it, you, you lose that intimacy, Yeah. and half the time it's a bunch of people that are just going, look, look, I'm here, okay, let's, let's be on Facebook the rest of the time, and they're, you know, front row at a great show on Facebook, it, there's a time and place for everything. Yeah. But a lot of people are just going to, look, I got out of the house. I'm doing something. I'm not paying attention to whatever's going <laughs> in front of me. OMG, dancing just kicked my ass. <laughs> right in the face. <laughs> but the, probably the thing that steps out or steps out the most on that show was Super Joint Ritual was the okay. direct support. And Prong, Witch Mountain was the first band. They're from Portland. Kayla Dixon is the lead singer. She's from Cleveland. She was in... Uh, uh, Demons Within, and she moved to Portland, and she's an awesome, awesome lead. They they killed their set. It was awesome. There was probably only a thousand people or so there. Maybe not even that much to watch there. They were the first band. They were six thirty in the afternoon or Friday or whatever. But they were really, really good. Prong come out. Prong Prong was great. Sound still was a little sketchy at this time. Sound yeah. guy wasn't wasn't the greatest, but they were great. Uh, super joint. Everybody walks out on stage minus Phil. Everything's dark to the back of the stage. I'm up in the balcony, and you know what's coming. But you could feel it building. You know, the, the goosebumps are starting. There hasn't been a chord strummed yet, but it's starting to, uh, you know. And I'm not huge into super joint ritual, but Phil Anselmo, with the, he has become like the Lemmy of our generation because he walked out on stage. All you could see was the shoes first and then the legs, and slowly walks out kind of like robot with the, he's had double knee surgeries and everything, yeah. so he's not getting around jumping on stage. But he comes walking out and just puts the chin to the air. And, and he goes, oh. The air got sucked out of the room. And then oh, everybody starts going crazy for Phil. And he, go, he points to the audience. He goes, I want the pit to start there and go to there all the way back there and bring it back to me. And the shit went crazy. I mean, Phil Ensemble could have walked on the stage and said, we're going to start a cult tonight. We're going to worship mops. I'd have been like, where's the mop store? <laughs> the dude is just bad. He is he is his own creation, man. I mean, in an age of Swiffers, that's saying quite a bit. <laughs> yes, yes. That was the, the power of the night, though. As good as Danzig was, just the power that Phil Anselmo commands with just... He's not changed. He's still the kid at yeah. 50, or no, you're nearly 50 years old. <clears throat> Just good. There's no huge launches off the monitors. It will not be happening anymore. No. No. <laughs> no, I don't think he can pull that off anymore because he definitely, eh, you go through the addiction and the surgeries that man's yeah. had, you know, back fused and how many black tooth grins have. Yeah. Boy, howdy. What a life. 
So did Danzig do anything off of Skeletons, his newest album, or was it? Yeah, just, there was a couple. They, they did two songs off of there. I wasn't real familiar with those. He did. They're odd choices, and I looked, and then everything is from when he would have been a younger teenager, from mm-hmm. about I want to say sixty-seven or sixty-six to about seventy-six. I think was yeah. about the time frame. Yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, man, I bet you they played for close to an hour and a half. That was a good, good, solid set. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he was all over the place. The sound once again was the the sound guy should have been fired. <laughs> but I mean, there was still feedback in, mm-hmm. when your headliner's playing, and I mean, there's no excuse. But they were all good. They were running back and forth. Everything kept going. They did a couple of medleys, going from one song to the other. They didn't do Dirty Black Summer, so I was a little little bummed on that. Yeah, I still, that's one of my faves, yeah, man. I, I dig that. I, I love the the first two albums more than anything. I'd put them up against Same anything, here. man. Those are just greats to me. There was the middle period of Danzig I didn't care for as much. There's a few in there, like Kiss the Skulls was pretty good, even though it's pretty repetitive. But right, yeah. He really kind of got into, I wouldn't say techno, but definitely that kind of lower end beat and repetitiveness for a couple yeah. albums. and then Such a departure, yeah. 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 I would have to agree with you on that. That's it. I think you and I's taste on that is, is pretty much spot on. That kind of fell off. I, you know how the gods kill. I really mm. that that's one that, that gives me the goosebumps too. And to see it live, I've seen it a few times, and it's it's good to see that stuff. But the first two albums, if you could play the first two albums from beginning to end, man, I, I'd be good. Yeah. I'd go to that concert Monday through Friday. <laughs> good stuff. I don't do a lot of uh, national shows, but that was one of the few I did this year. I did that Motorhead, Anthrax. I got free tickets to an ACDC show in Detroit. That was a. Uh, Underwhelming. That was. <laughs> I mean, I, I grew up with it. I, I uh, it's the same stuff again. Uh, uh, yeah, that, yeah. That is, and my part of my problem with ACDC is, is I am much more of a Bond Scott than Brian Johnson. Absolutely, now. absolutely. Just Bond brought the double entendre so well, mm-hmm. and it's not not that there's anything wrong with Brian Johnson. I just I like Bond Scott's vocal delivery and just everything better and just, sleazy. It yeah, sleazy it really, rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah, and and I can't I can't hear modern ACDC without thinking of Jim Brewer doing his impersonation. <laughs> Absolutely, saw Jim Brewer last uh, yeah last year in Cleveland. Did it, loved it. I've seen it a hundred times on TV. He, <laughs> he does it good. Yeah, yeah. You know, he actually did. If you uh, closed your eyes, you'd be like, Oh yeah, oh, Am shit. I really? My God, you want it? His uh, his newest bit. He went to. Early last summer, he went to Africa and did a family vacation. Mm-hmm. His family and James Hetfield's family from Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the funniest shit you'll ever hear in life. <laughs> he's talking about being in a tent with jackals and everything around there. And he says, all I can hear is, what was that? <laughs> Ooh, cheetah. <laughs> <laughs> he does James Hetfield better than James Hetfield, man. <laughs> crazy, crazy good. That that's a good one that uh, I I'm gonna have to check that out. If you ever get a chance to to see him live too. Yeah. He actually played the next night. We saw him in Cleveland. He played the next night up in Perrysburg. Uh Levis Commons, what is that? Uh, Funny is that? Yeah. Because my son went up and saw it. I mean it's the exact same show, of course, yeah. Hanson Road. But, and my son and we've been to quite a few uh, comedians and and that was definitely his favorite. And that was a weird one because all the stuff he covers, you could take your five-year-old to it. There's yeah. no cussing at all in any of it. So that's kind of a a good thing being a family man. You know, I was like, man, I really like Jim Brewer and I want to see that hokey pokey thing, but I'm going to take my kid. Yeah, there's no cussing. It's, it's, he doesn't touch anything that, that you wouldn't want your kids to be around. So that, that was a pretty cool deal to be with too. But definitely a rock and roll uh, flavored 
comic act for sure. He's a lot of fun, man. No politics. He's yeah. He's like, if if nobody's invading my front yard, I give two shits. <laughs> I don't care. You can tell me about it all day long. World's gonna end tomorrow. Well, call me tomorrow. <laughs> I'm gonna live today. Damn right. Damn right. And that's another thing I do with the page. No politics, no religion, no anti-politics, no anti-religion, any of that. And I've kept it. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> that's me and my wife. Very cool. Very you know cool. that guy? Yeah. Um, let's see it again. Oh. Those listening were texting her on the phone. Six minute abs. Um, that's who I'm, I was going with, but he was in uh, half baked. Uh... Yeah, he said Jim Brewer, so he got to thinking about other people. Harlan Williams. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> six, six minute abs. <laughs> and he killed the uh, the horse, the diabetic horse. Yeah. <laughs> Where was that at? That was uh, Hilarities in uh, Cleveland. What's that, like 4th Street? 4th Street, okay, that's where I saw Jim Brewer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right across from the House of Blues there. Yeah. That's a nice place. I dig that place. Yeah, last year about this time, there's something going on. I took the wife out to a Christmas, uh, Christmas night out without the kids. Went to the nice restaurant that was upstairs. And oh, I yeah. went to hit the comedy club downstairs and... Made a night of it. Oh yeah, that place is nice. I uh, we went across to the to the House of Blues and had dinner, not knowing all that was in that comedy house over there. And mm-hmm. we go in, hell, we could have had the whole dinner there and had drinks brought to the table, and it, it very nice. I mean, four streets, all well, you can drive down half of it to the uh, the valet parking, and then the other half is all walking, and you got the different comedy clubs and bars and. And you forget you're in Cleveland. <laughs> it's, it's nice. <laughs> Nothing against my Cleveland friends, but they know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Cleveland's a, I don't know, it's an experience. It, it is that. It is that. I, I stay in Lakewood a lot when I go there. I've got a, yeah. a friend, Tree Havasi Wallace. She runs like the uh, the Cleveland area NWO stuff. She sells shirts oh, yeah. from up there and she goes, all, we entitled her the queen of the scene months ago because she, she lives in Lakewood. She walks. She's always been public transportation, doesn't drive. But she's got like seven venues within walking distance of her pad. So I mean, it's like a little sunset strip for her, man. Yeah. It's and I've I've done it with her since June 10th. We met, and man, there's so many great shows in the, in that area. There's the Five O'clock Lounge that have had some great shows there. The Foundry is one of the more popular ones. They get some semi-nationals yeah. come in there. Like Mobile Death Camp has been there a few times. Oh yeah, uh, Final Drive from. There's- that's a that's a semi local name that's been kicked around for years. They just played last night first show in Toledo in three almost three years or whatever. I really, Bo Scadlin, the last bass player, was with us at the Mujaw Creek show across town. Him and Sarah Evans, which she's the bass player for Downspeed. I don't know if you've been heard of those guys. Yeah. Burn Strauss and and Sarah have been they've had that going for a while. It's a good little thrash band, kind of mega deathy, mm-hmm. but yeah, really good. Burns a really good showman. He's Grew up on Kiss, so he has a lot of Ace Frehley theatrics he likes throwing in, and a lot of attitude. Good dude, you know, our age, 
still still acting like he's 20 and I dig that I prefer Blackie Lawless theatrics <sighs> myself but absolutely nothing against who does <laughs> well that was the next I mean the first was Kiss and that is Blackie true. That came is, in yeah that is true yeah Blackie's the shit man I, I love the picture you posted earlier and I, <laughs> I stole it it'll be on my page here soon yeah, that's right I stole it off of somebody else <laughs> Blackie does no wrong in my book other than he only plays here once a year but yeah. can't blame him I mean and nothing against anything all of us are doing, but the, the music scene is, is is a dying thing here compared to, like, Europe. We are so clicky oh, yeah. in this country, so clicky, and everything is what is now, what is now, what is popular. Pop culture is, is always the ruler of things that, and I always try to stay as far away from any of that shit as possible. You know, if it's on the radio, I'll, I probably won't listen to it, good or bad. Yeah. I, just, I have nothing to do with whatever's popular it's funny we talk about that Marilyn Manson when when that was all blowing up in the late nineties I stayed away from it because it was it was being commercialized it was, it, it was kind of be, getting beat over the head with how good could it be I, and I'd never heard but a I was there first before it got popular man <laughs> no I wasn't I, then I, stopped. I was, well, actually I was but yeah. But I stopped listening after it got popular. Oh, God, you hear that all the time. You hear that all the time. But I was just I was dying with red hot chili peppers until it got popular. <laughs> give it away, and then you can keep it away. Unfortunately, I was that asshole for a while. <laughs> I, well, we all, late 80s, I'm sure we all skated, and that, the red hot chili peppers, man, with higher ground and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I mean, that was some really cool shit. And then to see it on MTV every day, I, that really did take my taste away yeah, I don't yeah. like commercialization I, that, I just, that was kind of the thing when I had the football squad was, when I started hearing them recite Red Hot Chili Pepper and Nirvana lyrics it was like a part of me kind of died inside yeah. just a little bit I'm with you it was I don't know my secret was out loving locals the way I do and, and to I mean you, that is the ultimate goal for so many is to become huge with you know money and and fortune and fame and the ones that I've really found that I I get magnetized to are the ones that realize that I'm just doing it for the money. This I'm a bricklayer. I'm a welder. Yeah. I'm a whatever Monday through Friday, but Friday and Saturday night I give it all on stage to six people. Most that is nights. that is a certain thing I will admit. A lot of the bands I seem to like too are mainly people. This is kind of a generalization, but. People that are at least 35 and older. Mm-hmm. Because people at that point are realistic enough that like they're not going to make it big. They don't care. Right. They just do it because they love it. It's something fun to do. It's a reason for them to go do something with their friends and meet other people. So I totally agree. The realization has struck it at our age. And, and not so much that we'll even give up. It's, it's no. just the, the percentage of making it is so minute. It's mm-hmm. almost non-recordable. But the feeling you get when you're up there, and, and say there's only 10 people there, but them 10 motherfuckers are going crazy and saying your words back to you, there's not much like it. We've got 10 songs on our set. I'm going to dedicate this first one to you. <laughs> Thank you, Billy, for coming out. Billy's the only one. You love, you know, I love you guys, man. See it all the time. And I also I get blessed with the nights where you walk in and... Everybody got it. Nobody had nothing being, to do. Being behind the stage, I can agree that sometimes, you know, you always want to have more people and bigger show and money and yeah. revenue, but some of them accidents where there's only 10 people shows up, those are sometimes some of the most fun ones. Intimate venues are the, the only way to go. And the 10, like you're saying, exactly, 10, 10 people, man. I love going to a show where... 
you're you're killing it on the drum set. You did something I've never seen done before, and I can actually I did? talk to you. Well, maybe, but I can talk to you. I would go. How? What made you think of that? What were you thinking when you did this? But whatever. Did you play high school football? Did, were you in the band? What did? I can do that. If I go and pay $115 to be 8,000 <laughs> yeah. feet away from Brian Johnson on stage, I never get the meat to do it unless I pay another $8,000 to be yeah. backstage. I don't dig that. But where, you know, I watch you guys play and then I can go up on stage or help you guys get your gear off, get it out to the, the mm-hmm. truck, have a beer. Bullshit. That's what it's all about for me. I, I, that's totally. You know, uh, my old, when our old band Living Dead first started out, we was mainly just pretty much like anti-God, anti-government, just straight on like rock. But then later on, at the end of it, a lot more electronic influence and a lot more creepy vibes and mm-hmm. weird noises in the background. And we were starting to do some, uh, you know, like outdoor shows, like almost kind of like festivals. Mm-hmm. Well, starting to. We didn't do many. We did like one or two, but the main one I remembered most didn't come on till it's like one in the morning. It was supposed to be like an overnight thing, and there's hardly anybody there. And we was out in the middle of the country, but we still managed to have the cops called on us. There was like <laughs> 20, pe- 20, 20 people in front of the stage up someplace out in the middle of nowhere, Michigan. It was the gathering of Juggalos, wasn't it? It was not. There might have been a Juggalo or two in the crowd. Sorry, I can't It was this. not the gathering of Juggalos. Whatever, your story, man. No judgment. <laughs> it was just funny because uh, halfway through the show, I broke my snare drum but couldn't fix anything. Fix it. Well, I had like like a little electronic sensor on my drum so when you hit it it triggers like a weirder sound while you're playing so by the time I was, I was left with like this little small rectangle of actually usable skin and I was just sitting there tapping the whole time just to get that little sound to trigger and shortly after that the uh, cops turned all the power off and we were still playing like hey, hey what happened what happened to the sound where's, where's, where's my amps where's the Unplugged in a field of juggalos. Oh, there wasn't a juggalos. That's right. I forgot. Maybe one or two. One or two. They're in Michigan. They're bound to be yeah. a few of them. <laughs> Sorry, nothing against those guys. They're just, oh, they're, they're, they're just a little subsect I like to poke at every so often. So. Same here. And I have a story about that. One of their best albums, like The Great Belenco, they stole a bunch of beats off my boy Bart Bellano up in uh, Toledo. I remember you told me They got that. together to really? do some things. Yeah. That's interesting. Huh. Psychosis, baby. So, yeah, that Shaggy, two joke with uh, Violet J. You owe somebody some money. Some cheddar. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going back to the end of the show because I remember even when you and I were working together, I started telling about some of the bands I was following. And, oh, of, and I still do because I, I still, every so often, I'll just think about those shows that we've been to or like you go through the computer and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's Ross. We went and saw Hubcap that night, which is weird because some of those dudes I realized later. I knew from like 10 fucking years earlier, right. but it's been so long since I've seen them, I'm like, oh yeah, that's my dually, fuck, I used to see <laughs> But yeah, I just remember those, and that is part of the thing about going to smaller shows is it just, the memories you always get from those, and fucking nobody can take that shit away from No, you. absolutely can't, man. 
I've met so many great people from that. And, and like I was saying earlier, to go to a large national show, yeah, you can get backstage, but at what cost? Yeah. And a lot of times, and I've been with rock stars, I've hung out and done that, and it's very... All right, whose dick did you suck? Not again. I'm not. I'm not telling that shit again. But you meet it's some. It's just a good old rock and roll time. It's, it's just. But some are just well polished and know how to play the game. And oh yeah, really? I really care about what you're saying. All right. <laughs> and almost make you believe that they are. And other ones are like, yeah, okay, next, yeah. next, next. One of the uh, the coolest, honestly, that, that I've met, Zach Wild, is is yeah, just as goofy. In person, as on stage, or any persona that you see, that, that's really him. He's wee. Even, yeah, even though there's that harmonic pinch wee. after everything. Wee. But once they talking about how we our tastes have changed. You know, when I'm young, I couldn't get enough of that. Now it's like, whoa, dang, come on. I mean, very. I, I've heard of pinch harmonics. Yeah, they're they're cool. And everything. <laughs> but I don't. I don't need it in every song. But it's it's very. God, I'm not a guitar player, so I, I shouldn't even say it. But it, it's it's a narrow-minded track of playing, and not just busting on his chops. But you see it so much with uh, any band members that are they're in a band and they only listen to this yeah. genre or subgenre, nothing else. Only hatecore. This is all I'm listening to, and the music. I, I maybe because I'm getting old, but it's all the same song. You can play ten songs, yeah. set, uh, and I can't tell beginning to end what song was this that the other and it just doesn't change and it's very narrow minded so, yeah to me since you, yeah I, actually I kind of follow that because uh, since you brought up hate core I was you know I was brought up punk hardcore crossover kind of kid sure and as I got older I kind of discovered you know like the hate core movement a little bit and it's cool but yeah there is a certain point where you hear so much down to low chugging and one string double time and and, you know, I'm like, all right, that's cool. I've experienced it. I'm going to move on. Plus, anymore, I've been a lot more about being just a lot more positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. It's just it's just easier, I don't know, It's for, for your mindset. Because after a while, if you get so involved in that, then it's just kind of hard to take too much joy from a lot of stuff. So, I don't know. That's just my little... My, my little hippie, hippie message of the day. I guess. <laughs> hippie, just be positive, man. All right, yeah, everything's cool. But as square as that sounds, that's what I try to do too. I don't, I don't beat on anybody. I'll share everybody on the page. Yeah, and I go to shows like I said earlier that I don't. I, it's not my wheelhouse, but it's, it, they're keeping the scene alive. Yeah. If they can get their group of friends to come out and get away from the monitor on a Saturday night, I'm all for it, man. And I'll take some video and put it up on the page. It doesn't mean I'm in love with them, but I'm not going to say, man, this band really sucked. They're from Massillon, Ohio. No, hell no. Yeah. Because it's just my taste. Maybe to my taste, I didn't care for it. It doesn't mean they suck. Yeah. Uh, and I've seen bands that suck too. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to beat up on them. Well, there's something. I guess a couple of us all are going to get together because uh, I don't know if you've caught up too much on the podcast. One of the other guests I've had on Chris Bradley. He's talked about that too, about just kind of lack of local venues there is in this area. And that's. Him and I've kind of talked about, and maybe you, the three of us all. Like, we ought to just start doing like the old movement of just seeing if we can start renting VFW halls and shit, and just getting some local bands to start playing again. And getting, but it's kind of hard because even like bar owners, especially, mm-hmm. don't really want to take a chance with a band if they're not doing covers because they they want to sell alcohol. Yeah, people are listening to the songs they're familiar with. They're going to want to buy more beer, and so we live in the middle of corn. <laughs> so it's, it's not the mecca of 
metal or punk or well, anything. Well, and I also said if I lived in Cleveland, I would do probably not. I couldn't work. Mm-hmm. I'd be going to fucking shows oh, all yeah. the time. You, me too. I would never be able I would not I, stop. All my friends, I'm so envious. They're like, yeah, going to go down to the foundry for a Wednesday night show. <laughs> I got to work at four in the morning or I'd be there every night. It could be a band I've never heard of, but so many times I've went to shows in the last year. I've, I've went for one band that I knew and there's four other on the bill or maybe yeah. three other and somebody else grabs me. Just, whoa. One of my favorite bands now is a band called Sparrow Milk. Yeah. I, yeah. Three piece. Doom. Awesome. Love their sound. Uh, tone for days, man. Tone for days. I was envious of their equipment because you posted their equipment. Yeah. Oh, motherfucker. Aaron Long, <laughs> the Thunderbird Wonder Child. He, he's also a tattoo guy. He did my son's Wyatt tattoo on me. He's in another band called Venom and James. They're like a uh, cult from the late 80s, early 90s okay. kind, of, kind of vibe, but that's just, I hate comparing, but that's to give the, it mainstream the, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of that sound, but a little bit heavier, a little bit greasier. Really good, but Sparrow Milk, I fell in love with those guys, and, and they was that was an accidental show. I went to see some other friends, a band called Alathea, which is more okay. mainstream, Iron Maiden type, mm. harmonic, twin guitar yeah. stuff. Really, really good at their craft as well. But I went uh, to see them at a place called the Maple Grove Small Bar, West Cleveland, East Cleveland, sorry, Southwest, Southeast. Anyway, but the bar, there's a bar downstairs, and you walk, everybody's got to carry gear upstairs, and it's a nice setup upstairs. They got good sound, a good size stage, but everybody's got to carry shit up. Yeah. So normally they'll play with whoever the headliner is, they'll, they'll uh, mic their drums in, and the, yeah. that'll be the drums for everybody. So, you know, because that's the biggest pain in the ass is dragging drums up and downstairs. So I went there and I saw Sparrow Milk on the bill and I had seen their name a few times on other bills and I was like, yeah, everybody trying to shock people with a weird name, you know, whatever. Yeah. Three bars in, I was hooked, man. Like, geez, ow, man. I, the, just the feels, such yeah. great. It was all about tone. It wasn't about you know, shredding anything. Three pieces in Tom Skull is the is the drummer, and he's the guitar player in Venom and James. So he switches back and forth. Joe uh, Fortunato is the guitar player in both bands, Venom and James and Sparrow Milk. Aaron Long is the bass player in both bands. And like I said, right into it, I whoa, this is this is something special. This is definitely it doesn't fit this bill because there was another. Uh, uh, Another band, well, I told you Olathea has like the Iron Maiden yeah. sound, and Crea Diaz, which is like a groove metal Pantera. They're yeah. really, really good at what they do. Dave Felton, Gravy from Mushroom Head, okay. uh, he's he's the lead guitar player in that band. Really yeah. stuff. He's he's a cool <clears throat> dude. Chris has history with. Oh uh, yeah, you have Mushroom Head history. <laughs> oh, we we done lots of shows with them and Ventana. Mm-hmm. And you know, the you know the people in the bands weren't so bad, but you know some of the people that were like uh, some of the people that were crew with Mushroom Head played in Ventana, and you know for certain they thought they were special mm-hmm. because somebody it's let's just let's just say we done quite a few shows together between Cleveland and Toledo, right? Dave and his brother Skinny, Skinny the. From Mushroom Head, they they had a falling out years ago, and I'm not going to get into that. But he started his own band, and and that was actually I think two one six, and then this is right. a, another band off of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. with uh, Mike Ruse, which he's been in bands in the Cleveland area for years, and Brian Tremblay, everybody calls him Mega. That dude's a bass playing monster. 
and uh, Emery Co is the is the uh, drummer in that band. But I had first saw them on the third of January last year at the Agora, and I went to see a Pantera uh, tribute mm-hmm. was there, and that's how I. It's really when this all kind of started because I the Pantera tribute. Somebody was drunk and didn't show up, and I'm not going to mention any names, and the band was just pulled apart. They were the headliner. was mm-hmm. this tribute band. But Crea Diaz was the direct support, and I didn't even know how to pronounce the name. I'm reading the flyer on the <laughs> way here. I'm like, crazy days. And then I remember the, the band we used to listen to. Dorothy Diaz. Diaz. And I'm like, <laughs> I wonder if it's got any ties to that. And then these guys came out, and I'm like, well, there's nobody from that band, but wow, these dudes are heavy, man. I'm really, really, the whole bill was good locals and then this Creadias and people were kind of, they really came to the stage when Creadias came up. I was like, oh, these guys must be fairly popular in, in Cleveland and everybody kind of rushed the stage and it was about a song into it. I realized why. It yeah. was just so good. It was Pantera-esque, but their own their own vibe, man. Yeah. Really, really good. And then, I kept looking at it like, he looks like Dave Felton, man. He looks like gravy from, you know, just the pictures I've seen without the mask on. And yeah. it turned out it was. And we became friends since. And I've been to numerous shows of theirs and, and covered quite a few. And they have their own good sound. And that was what I was saying with the Sparrow Milk thing. There were so many different people on that bill. Well, they had this Iron Maiden sound. Then you have this Pantera sound. Then Sparrow Milk had this Sparrow Milk sound. I'd never heard it. It was so good. And I told him after the show, I said, I think that was the greatest set I've seen all year. And he goes, Aaron Long. He said, really? Why is that? I'm like, I knew the words right off the bat. And he laughed. And said, it's, there's no vocals at all. <laughs> I, mean, I, I knew every word to it, man. I, I like the feel music. I, I really yeah. Something that's in-depth that somebody really sat down and thought of chord progression and, and different things to the song. Instead of, Let's just write about banging chicks, which is cool, too. Don't get me wrong. There's a place for it, but yeah. yeah. I, my pants. <laughs> That's where the place is. <laughs> In my pants. Me, I just write about experiences from past life or my favorite wrestlers. Or... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would definitely dig the uh, the Black Order from Defiance, man. Those guys are all, they woo everything. Man. <laughs> That's like our whole conversation. Bowen Stoltz is the, Bowen Schultz is the bass player. Cole Miner is the drummer. And Ian Yachter is the lead guitar and vocals. <laughs> and they they run Spanky's Bar in Defiance. Okay. That's like the homes, home bar. And that's what Ian runs. They play like four shows there a year, but they tour all over the place. Kind of a, a heavier black label society type one mm-hmm. guitar. Good music, but those those dudes are all... I got pictures at Halloween. Uh, Bowen, <laughs> Bowen and Cole were dressed up as Macho Man. And they were <laughs> in some church somewhere getting pictures. <laughs> uh, that's the greatest because he's, <laughs> he's sitting in a pew. Woo! <laughs> that's just awesome, man. Yeah. And number one... You're the macho man. Number two, you're in a church. <laughs> How did you get in? Who let you in? <laughs> oh, yeah. Came in through the front door. Walked on down the aisle. Came on down the aisle. Great stuff, man. Those guys are so much fun. So, yeah, talking a little bit since actually we brought up Doris Diaz and we talked about bands doing covers. That is the other thing, too, I like about locals and ones that aren't majors is when they'll do a really weird take on a cover. Because that was the one thing, since you brought up Doris Diaz, is the one thing I loved about that band. I cannot hear Bon Jovi's... Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, yeah, Cowboys do a horse. Dead or Alive. Dead or alive. 
cannot hear Bon Jovi's version of Dead Alive on the radio now without thinking of Doris Diaz. Because it was much better. It was. That, that, was the, <laughs> that was the fun thing about going and watching Doris Diaz do that song is because there would be people there that never heard him before. Right. And you'd see these people out in the audience <laughs> like, fucking finally, this band's playing something I know. Right. Because <laughs> the start of it, for, for no one that's ever heard it, the start of it started, sounds very normal. A little acoustic yep. but they are right when it goes to the bridge, it's, it's kind of like, well, to quote Star Trek, Engage Warp 9. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> lyrics changed a little bit. Just a little. So, but yeah, because yeah, the people that knew it was coming, you could see them tense right up, like the pits oh, going to yeah. start. And the other people that have no idea are like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> What's going on? What is this electricity I'm feeling? Stop it now! I need safety! Bring on Skinner! <laughs> then the pit would start. Then the pit's... Yeah. Well, that brings me back to the, the beer and shots years ago. When oh, I know, yeah. That was such a good time, and I, I love I love that I have that story to tell. I know. Because I'll tell people, my 30th birthday, I mean, a bunch of friends went to a comedy club in Finley, and we went to a death metal show in Cary, Ohio. What? Cary, Ohio? I'm like, serious? It happened. I got witnesses. That's what I tell people. I was to tell them about beer shots. Mike's no longer there. It's long gone. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you walk it in. And I was like, I'm like, imagine walking into like two trailer homes back to back. Because it was about that wide and about that long. Very narrow and very long. Very long. I'm like, and I'm like, you didn't really want to touch the toilet. You had to take a piss. But you would see some really cool bands there that... Yeah, I loved it. That was very cool, man. Yeah, no Dwight Yoakam there. No. <laughs> Walk into any bar and carry, and that's what I expected. And they're like, whoa, this is not, not normal. <laughs> I like. Well, I remember one night, and it was Dark Ruin from Pennsylvania was playing. They were the headliners. Doris Diaz was supporting them. And then I think another Carrie local death metal band that was just starting up was... But I remember walking in because I already knew, you know, there's a door charge. Mm-hmm. The guy in front of me, like, five dollars? What the fuck? <laughs> I'm here to drink beer. Why the fuck I gotta pay five dollars? <laughs> there's bands playing. Like, Jesus Christ! All that screaming shit. <laughs> Where's Dwight Yoakam? <laughs> yeah, it, it it wasn't going to have a long shelf life there in Cary. No, but I got to be part of it, and well, it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, those guys from Doris Diaz talked about doing a reunion show. Something fell through, but most most of the about half of the band is still doing other stuff in other bands. Yeah, so. they were from Upper, weren't they? Yeah, they were actually yeah. from Upper. Yeah, because there's a. I've, I've heard the name come up a few times. Being in the Mansfield scene, I go down yeah. there, and there, there's some good stuff going on in Mansfield too. Yeah, and that name gets brought up like some of the old timer stuff, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> Damn, I am forty now. Yeah, man, but. Yeah, there's uh, some good stuff that Bonesaw is a really good one from Mansfield. Oh, yeah. Bonesaw. Bonesaw. <laughs> Greg Parman. Bonesaw's is ready. <laughs> Greg Parman is the lead singer. He's this uh, six-foot-something union pipe fitter, so he's a big, big dude. Very uh, intimidating guy. And uh, when I first met him at a place called Planet Rock down in Mansfield, I went there. I want yeah, Planet Rock. <laughs> it was a great show. It wasn't as, as heavy as the Saving Able show the week after, but that was the thing. When I walked up to the bar, Saving Able stickers, there oh, yeah. posters everywhere, and like, wow, this ought to suck. But we walked in, and the place is rad, man. They have this big earth painted on the back, and the stage goes into the corner. Mm-hmm. Very, The stage is probably 
as big as this room, maybe a little larger, but an earth is painted behind. So every picture you took of a guitar player, he had this, you know, it was so great, man. I love that. The sound was awesome, but it's the cops, I guess, pretty much had the place shut, you know, right. locked down, that nobody goes out to party. They had some really good bands that night. They had Zool from Dayton, Crea okay. Diaz from Cleveland, Bonesaw and Crimson, both from Mansfield. Five bucks, I think, something like that. But, yeah, I can't get that. And there was like 15 people there. And I'm like, well, well they got to be coming later. They never came. And I'm like, well, this is a great venue. Why don't people come to this? And they're like, cops have it on lockdown. No shit, man. And you go across town to Belchers, and Belchers is, I love Belchers, so no offense to Belchers, but it's a little hole, which yeah. is some of my favorites. But it's a tiny little place, tiny stage, little itty bitty board. The sound's okay, but I mean it's it's greasy metal. Yeah. It's it's what I I dig, man. I but that's where I would say that and Fourth Street Bar, the two metal joints in Mansfield. Fourth Street is very surprising. It's down in the industrial demise area. Yeah. It's kind of like man, I better be packing to come down here. <laughs> and it's this little brick bar, and it doesn't look like anything fancy. And you walk in, and everything's like cherry wood, and kind of looks like a club resort, man. Very clean. Somebody just bought it and yeah. redid it. They put the bands off to the stage. Mobile Death Camp was just there in November, and I went and caught that show. And behind the band is like a rounded um, block window. Mm-hmm. It just it makes nice pictures, and, and the lighting's good. The sound is good. They have a nice little board. That there's oversaturation problems everywhere. You know, oh, you have yeah. the same band play too many of the same places, and it seems like every time I go, I see the same bands on the bills. Yeah. And it's like somebody has to come out of the box and grab somebody from you know the next little Burgerville or mm-hmm. and bring them up instead of still playing the same. It happens here, but it happens with a different genre. Yeah. There's a, a new place that's been reopened outside of town that yeah. is, is yeah. a stellar, stellar venue. And it's being wasted because they keep trying to put the same three bands in it all the time. And it's that safety net, man. Yeah. You, you get more diverse crowds in a larger city. That's probably why I go to Toledo's the smallest city I go to for a show, it seems. But that's where people want to hear other things. There's more artistic appreciation. They don't want to hear... I keep saying Skinner, but that's just the easy... That's easy to go to. Because it's still the joke at every show when there's silence. Play Skinner! (laughs) Every show doesn't matter if you're... Yeah. But we have some great venues around here, but it's... You had said earlier, the bar owners are scared. And it is a scary thing if you're putting your check on the line, for sure. But you have to start without having, well, we're going to have this national come and pay them 10 grand and try to cover that. You have to let yourself be known. You have to build a brand yourself of, this is a music venue. Yeah. You, you can come here on a Wednesday night and there's going to be some kind of music. Or if you don't want to do a weekly thing, okay, on a Friday night, there's always going to be a band playing. Probably a local. A local, it'll be like a $5 cover tops. Have some decently priced drinks. You got to have something for the ladies, so you need to have some kind of a, a liquor license that other places don't have yet. But Yeah. You have to have that and, and build this to where five bucks I got in, I saw these other bands. I can get bands from Detroit, Cleveland, Fort Wayne, Columbus to come to this said venue for a couple hundred dollars. And you can make that back on your beer sales and things like that. And they're they're upper quality. I mean, they're not national touring, but they're mm-hmm. national touring quality bands. And I don't know. We'll just see where that goes. But they just want to keep booking the same few bands. And I'm not in this for the money. I just want to see the scene grow yeah. where, where it's at. 
there's nothing around here for to build the young artistic kids, man. Everybody complains yeah. about kids getting in trouble and not doing this and that. And give them something good, man. Well, it's kind of been part of my problem, too, is that anymore, because as you know, I used to go to shows quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of my thing. It's usually anymore, I don't know, because I'm older and grumpy, I guess. I don't feel like going, I don't feel like you're going as far as you normally go, because I'm like, man, I like being in my own bed at the end of the night. Sure. So that's just my own personal thing. But, you know, it's about 10 years ago, it was starting to pop up again, where we were getting a little more diversity, people were taking more chances. And for me, that was cool. I could go Friday night or whatever, if sure. I wasn't working, Saturday night, go out, catch band. And anymore, it's like the bands that are, they're all covers. So I'm like, I don't feel like yeah. bothering to go out. And that's, you know, then that's the thing. When I go to a bar, I don't, I don't drink a lot in general. Right. But if I go out to a bar and I'm like, okay, I'm here at their establishment. I'll at least buy a couple beers. Yeah. So, but that's the thing. They're kind of, I know I'm kind of a minority, but they're still missing out on people like me by not trying to take a chance mm-hmm. bringing in other bands. Because, right. yeah, I've. <laughs> no offense to the, I know the place you're talking about. Like before, when it was the other venue, Jackal played there a lot. No offense to him. Saliva. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I got a lot of friends that went and saw that show. I was kind of like, hey, I remember him before. Was, yeah. I don't need to go see him right now. But it's the safety. Again, it is exactly. It's it is. The majority. We are fighting a losing battle. With that. We are the minority, <laughs> and that is... Not trying to be play a music elitist card yeah, or anything like yeah. that, but I I have evolved. My ears have evolved more than anything else, you know, since I've been a child. And and music has always been that one common denominator that it's always there. Whether I was six or forty, yeah. I, I, music is always there. I've, I've never went a period of time where you know I haven't listened to music this year. <laughs> I, I'm in the shower and I've got my my phone, you know, playing something. <laughs> Give me something new. Give me something. But if you look through my iPod or my phone, most people won't know uh, uh, anything no. in there, and I'm proud of that. I, I love that. You, <laughs> there's not any Pantera. In, I've heard Pantera. I, lo- I love Pantera, but I, I'm not 16 anymore. I've heard every one of those songs. It kind of goes into the, the Leonard Skinner thing, you know, and that, this is going to give me so much hate, but <laughs> I never forget my roots. You know, I, yeah. I, I love all that old stuff, too. I appreciate it, but I'm not going to listen to it on a daily basis. Yeah. You give me fresh. I got two new CDs last night at the show I haven't got to listen to. And I am stoked to go home and, and jam out to this Lost in Chicago. They gave me a CD, and uh, my boy's conniption fit from Cleveland. They just cut this new CD, and they gave me one last night. And I know what I saw on stage was was stellar. And a little apprehensive with some of the crowd, because they were heavier and, and speedier than anybody else on the bill. Yeah. And you can see the crowd at times were like, that, that's a little bit out of my comfort zone. But then he, they kind of went in with this this melody, and Steve Steve is a pretty man, and Steve Watson <laughs> Steve Watson kind of gives that look to the ladies, and then he he belts out this melody, and then they Dude, kind, some of, kind of kind of shit from re- reels them in a little bit, yeah, reels them in a little bit, and then right back at him, and then the dudes are like, yeah, that's cool, yeah, I got that, and it was cool. I seen people that had never heard them before getting into it, breaking some necks, man, and it was good stuff, and. They were there, you know, the majority of the people there knew the three bands, Yeah, but they didn't know Conniption Fit, and, and now they do, and the guys were really awesome. They they uh, they stayed, they were the second band on, they stayed the whole night, they were still there when I left partying with the rest of the bands, which, as as a band member, that's something you need to do. You need to stay and, and do the brotherhood thing. If you want to get a return show or do a show swap to a different city, so many times they play their set and dip, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of things that we... Never really dipped out afterwards, but because uh, everybody in my band we was we was all high maintenance and had to go put on the makeup and everything before the shows, 
it missed is. out missed out a lot of you know we was always the one running the shows and headlining sure. so we setting everything up and then had to dip out and get everything around to play and you know you'd miss a few bands yeah I missed out like there's a local band uh, the Convalescence that oh, yeah. might be uh, uh, on this podcast pretty soon and uh, played lots of shows with them but only heard a few songs because they always played right in front of us and I was always out in the car getting dolled up getting, getting my makeup on maybe <laughs> maybe trying to you know you set you set around in a, uh, a club all day long yeah try and try and stay sober try and try and be good for stage and everything so you're trying to get everything around just be just right so you can go on stage right. and do things right and be the best you know yeah, I missed out on a lot of that good stuff. I understand. And don't get me wrong, and it should fit. They were fucking drunk when they went on stage, so. <laughs> Just kidding. But no, no, really, they were. <laughs> it was Mike, uh, guitar player. It was his birthday, so they had been drinking for, like, well, since his it's last one of the things. I always thought I played better, but then you go back and watch the videos, like, uh, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> like, when you're That's in the enough. moment, it rocks. Yeah. But you go back and look at videos, like, eh, maybe, maybe not so much. Yeah, you're up there being like, I'm doing some Neil Perk type of shit right now. And you go back I got my drumstick stuck in a fake web. <laughs> oh, you remember that video? <laughs> yeah, yeah, going back and looking through old stuff, I posted a YouTube video a while back. Halloween show, and we had a bunch of fake webs around and everything, and I'm sitting there trying to do stick tricks and throw my arms up in the air and look all badass and got one arm wrapped up in the spider webs. I was sitting here trying to play like a fly caught. <laughs> Percussion fails. Yeah, that would be the perfect spot for it. Nice. I, I could make a whole... I, I could be my next project just going through all the old videos and cutting out different accidents and <laughs> fails that I've had and just naming it. Oh, yeah. Dead drummer fail. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we, uh, Secret Cows are get to play any actual shows. I don't know if we're going to have... thought about what, what extra shit could we either do for... As a visual. But I don't know. Just putting a fat guy in a track suit. Just <laughs> doing a running man. Oh, I'd get ten bucks for that. The, I'd pay, <laughs> I'd pay door. Just off the side. It's always been by. You get a... Mannequin and put him in a in some coveralls and a cow mask or something. I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> We're start doing some Blues Brothers kind of shit and just go. Uh, we be go to the this fake name of the Sacred Cowboys and <laughs> I like it. <laughs> the Sacred Cowboys. <laughs> we play both styles, country and western. And western. The Sacred Cowboys opening up for them the Bipolar Bears. <laughs> nice. Put the cowboy hats, and then as soon as we launch into 50 pounds of porn. Like, <laughs> 50 pounds of what porn? What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> I had to put the chicken wire up in front of the That fat boy's thinking about pornography. <laughs> I don't know. This is just kind of my thoughts of it. I played it out in my head a little bit to some shit we could do, but I don't know. We'll see. we got to get there. We'll get there at some point, but... got to do a show sometime instead oh, yeah. of just recording goofy music in the spare time in the basement. <laughs> or in the... The lab. The lab. The laboratory, as it's known. I would actually, if I were to have a dream, I would like to have something happen with uh, the old whiskey venue over in Finley. 
Oh, yeah. You guys ever go over there when it was open? It was Brandy's years ago. and Once. And I, man, such a such a great location. I mean, right off 75, to, you could get... All the drunks could get straight on the interstate yeah. and go Boom. 70. Yes, 90. I had a... Actually, I got a short story about... There there was a lot of calamity that seemed to happen there. I got a friend, and I'm, not, so I'm not making fun of him. This happened, uh, Jesus, at least 15 years ago now. And he was not, this is the worst part, he was not involved in part of this fight or anything. Yeah, go ahead. And uh, some girl got in a fight with her boyfriend or something. And my, basically my friend got mowed down by a Volkswagen Beetle. Not everybody has that story. No, and it, it fucked him up pretty good. But yeah, he wasn't, he came because there's kind of that blind spot where you walk around that one door. Yep. And right, yeah, yep. that's where he got that's nailed. That's some Nugent showing fraud. <laughs> So, but yeah, that's the first thing I always think of when I hear that place brought back up again. Is I wrestled a bear there when I was 18. That's right, they did have that. I oh, forgot about that. Caesar the wrestling bear. Yeah, I didn't win. <laughs> I didn't even come close, man. I actually got mounted by a friggin' bear. <laughs> but that's a story for another podcast. That actually reminds me. That's uh, on an on a off subject, dealing with movies real quick. Uh, bear assing it over there. <laughs> Did you hear? I don't know if you guys are familiar at all with the website called the Dredge Report. No, I'm not. You probably yeah, oh, heard yeah. of it. Okay. Uh, I don't check it. Yeah, regularly, but I know it's a thing. Not to bash anybody, but very right wing kind of people. It's kind of they follow it as almost their bible. Almost. This is usually fact, kind of. Well, apparently Leonard DiCaprio is making in the middle, or just got done, finished making a movie about. I guess parts of it were based on a true story. There's a there's a group of guys that I think they went hunting up in the like Anirondacks or somewhere, and they end up getting attacked by a bear. Okay. Bear rape. <laughs> this we'll get to that. Oh uh, damn. <laughs> but the uh, Leonard DiCaprio is the guy that got attacked by the bear. Well, the rest of his friends decide, well, fuck him. While he's getting attacked by the bear, we're gonna make a break for it. Yeah, that's what I do. Sorry. <laughs> so, We're friends and all, but it's a fucking bear. So DiCaprio gets mauled by this bear, and he lives through it, so then he takes vengeance back on all these dudes that forsaking for the... So, okay, but here's the thing. I wouldn't go after my friends. I didn't go after that bear. <laughs> fucking bear, right? <laughs> but uh, the Dredge Report reported that Leonard DiCaprio was raped by a bear on this movie. <laughs> and apparently it got such wind that... Fox Movie Studios that own the rights to this movie can't finally put out a statement that says, look, he couldn't have got raped by a bear. It was female bear, for starters. He goes, we took four well, takes. Yeah. Female male, you know. She wanted him. <laughs> He's a handsome man. He is pretty. <laughs> so, and I'm sure they don't... I, you might see it in the special, like the unedited version, <laughs> or like some of the DV, the Blu-ray extras, but that won't, that won't be in the main movie. Maybe, maybe the drive-in cut. So, but I guess eventually, I guess the Dredge Report ended up pull, pulling that story back off their website. Oh shit! So, <laughs> when you said bear rape, I was just telling somebody else about it yesterday. So, just reminded me that shit can happen. So I kind of forgot where we were going. Oh, we were talking about brandies before. Yeah, yeah. The, the last uh, show I saw at the whiskey venue was was uh, Deflagration, and that was the beginning of the end. I think that may have been 
their last show, and it was I'm pretty sure you're right. two or three years ago this but week. But the last show they played here in town at the old Los Tacayos yeah. bar, I tried being, uh, I tried thinking I was going to start recording, like, uh, live sound and stuff, you know, and I, and I had my laptop, and I had this little audio mixer, and I had this and that and everything to plug in, but no, unless you have, like, some kind of uh, really big set up where you can get every single channel it really right. doesn't come out sounding too good and mm. this and that and I made special plans with them and you've know, actually talked with uh, if I'd have known you were going to that I might have actually went I thought about it because I knew a couple other people that were going but I was like man stay home I saw. I don't know if they played at Los Tacayos more than once but I, I did see them at Los Tacayos once because they were up on that like second story stage. Yeah, deal. Oh, yeah it was cool. So like, they had all their bands. I, that was the only band I ever saw. One, I never few saw ones they did have. Well, half the other ones were uh, with with a bar name like that. It was uh, right. Mariachi, yeah, Spanish. Yeah. They had them horns. guys up there with they had a brass the, section with the accordion and everything. Oh, yeah. that is best. Yeah, <laughs> the Lucha Libre is coming off the top. <laughs> now I would go see that band. Yeah. <laughs> Who wouldn't? I mean, especially if they were midgets. I mean, little people. But that was the last show. I just saw it come up on my uh, Facebook feed. Uh, it was like December 3rd or 4th, something like that, of 2012, I believe it was. Just really yeah, took me back. the right timing. Yeah. It was... It was a good show, except for they did uh, a Pantera cover that totally flopped. I remember just everything. Dozer, Eric Mendoza, and I were talking about this week, back and forth on the on my page, or it might have been my personal page, whatever. But saying, "Yeah, do you remember the cover of that?" And that was terrible. I said, "But the rest of the show was great." And I remember they did uh, Van Halen. They always did their own stuff. Yeah. There might have been an Ozzy song that they would throw in for an encore or something, but everything was deflagration. And. Uh, they did, I think it was Panama by Van Halen. I thought, wow, what a stretch. It's, it's nothing that yeah. I would expect to hear them play. But that is what we we were raised up. We all listened to that same stuff on vinyl. And I thought, that man, that was so cool. And little did I know that was the beginning of the end because they soon would depart and form another another band here that we talked about earlier. And, and kind of a... And a win lose feeling because that was a great show. It was a fun time. It was local. The venue was cool. And then not realizing I was witnessing the beginning of the end of one of my favorite bands because I absolutely love those guys. Yeah. I just so great, so such a good good sound. And, uh, but I've heard that uh, Eric and a few other people maybe starting a little something else. They have a little project that's being recorded now. So that, that might be in the mix here in 16. I'm kind of excited about that. And his brother, Jeff, is still in uh, Mind's Eye View. They're, they've got a show January 9th at Howard's. With yeah, that's a shout-out to um, good friends with their drummer, Seth. Seth Runyon? Yeah, he's on yeah he's, uh, he's, he, he sleeps in this house quite a bit. He's good friends with an uh, old guitar player from a band Living Dead, Jason Mass. He's actually doing some... Uh, Work with that with the country band right now, mm -hmm. but that's about ready to, uh, from what I've heard, dissolve because the band's gonna be the guy that does the band's gonna be moving south to Nashville or something to try and get more exposure. And hmm. not sure if he's staying around up here, but yeah, you're talking about Hayden, Hayden James. <clears throat> 
I liked uh, Sean Williams or oh okay yeah that's the other guy Sean Williams uh, I actually work with his father Britt his father plays in the Rock and Roll Outlaws out of Finley but yeah he just moved to Nashville he's in the country band but he was also in uh, 100, 100 Proof was the name of the I think it was the Rock and Roll band he had a couple of different bands one was country one was Rock and Roll but yeah, Seth is the drummer for them. They've got a show coming up at Howard's January 9th. I just saw it today. Yeah, same here. Yeah. They're playing with uh, Messenger HD, which is a band I caught at the Longhorn in Toledo last Saturday night. Really good. A uh, little bit of a dated sound, kind of like a dis- disturbed somewhat sound, but but different. It's not, it doesn't lay all on that. But uh, guys, older guys, 40s, maybe into their 50s, but they have a, a good hard sound. They're opening the show, and uh, I can't recall the other band. I wasn't familiar with the other bands on it, but I plan on making that show and checking them out. And uh, to the Googles, to the interwebs, to the interwebs. That's kind of the sad thing about us is we'd have gotten our shit together a little bit more. Pull up my Facebook and see what Seth. There's a couple of them bills we might actually been on since he's got all the connections. Connections. I don't have connections. You're people that knows people. Eh, I know, know some people's. Final ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mind's Eye View, Messenger HD, and Final Ride at Howard's. I'm not familiar with Final Ride. I've not heard of them yet. So we'll get off music for a second. So Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Interested? Mm-hmm. Okay. Always. Always. Even if it tanks, I, I was so anticipatory of everything in 99, and I, I, even though I didn't care for it like I thought I would, yeah. I, I've still seen all of them numerous times. See, I think that's where you and I are kind of on the same page for a lot of those, because I've got a lot of the friends of mine like, I don't acknowledge the prequels. And I'm... <laughs> elitist. Star Wars elitist. Yeah. And I was kind of like, yeah, but you know, like, you know Phantom Menace wasn't great, but it did give you Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. One Which of the best Sith that I, at least no. I know. The best Sith would be Jar Jar Binks. Ah, punch you in the face. <laughs> jokes are jokes. That shit's just wrong. <laughs> Disney. That is the thing, though. I knew it was going to be a good and bad thing with Disney taking over the franchise. I knew. I'm like, fuck yeah. We're going to get some good movies. Should get some good movies. Or at least we'll get more movies. Right. It, that's key. Bad thing is, is they are going to market the shit out of everything. Yeah, there's uh, lipstick. There's Star Wars lipstick. Yeah. Star Wars deodorant. Star and he knows okay. one of I the classic my... classic nerd fights Star Wars. of all time. <laughs> one of the classic nerd fights has been Star Wars versus Star Trek. Oh, that's always going to be. Yeah, but that's not, just fun. But man. who's the producer or oh, it's for JJ, both movies? The director. Yeah, it's J.J. Abrams. Yeah, for both. But so, so how can you have one versus the other if the same person's doing both? Still, till they're different universes. It's, I mean, technically speaking, I mean, but yeah, I mean, J.J. did a lot to kind of revamp the Star Trek from the, the campiness that everyone kind of poked at before. Well, what was good about it? I don't know. I haven't seen them. So. <laughs> <laughs> to be totally honest, but everybody, I, I was going through everybody else in Star Trek fans told me they're really good. So I was going through some of my I'm just glad my older old, videos earlier today, and I saw the Triple X Star Trek parody that I had saved. Yeah, but he didn't direct that. So, oh. well, yeah, but still, it's part of the trilogy, right? No, I don't think. I don't you think know. I, I think I just saw exactly what you're talking about the other day, and I was like, oh, what did 
What the? That's not a lightsaber. <laughs> actually, and everybody was everybody was complaining because it was purple. <laughs> yes, it was what I saw. Uh, that was a triple take. What the hell? What is the world coming to? Now I forgot completely where the hell I was going with this. Uh, uh, <laughs> so you fifty pounds. You started of porn. thinking about purple lightsabers. <laughs> got all warm and fuzzy. Fifty pounds of porn. But, uh, oh, yeah, with Abrams with the new uh, Star Wars. Because uh, that's at least one thing. Is I figured he would at least kind of take it a little more back to the roots of where... And that was the thing I argued with people, a lot of people when they hated the prequels. I'm like, you're not going to probably get the same feeling when you saw the original trilogy. Right. You were younger then, you were a lot less jaded, and it was something new then. And a lot of that still sticks with you in your mind. And, sure. Yeah, the prequels with a lot of green screen, but I didn't hate them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they added to it. They're not my favorite. The original trilogy is still my favorite. Absolutely. But I, yeah, I'm really interested to see because what I think this is supposed to be still kind of a real time, like 30 years after mm-hmm. the fall of the emperor. Yep. And so. You see, Han has aged, and it, it better be 30 years after because he's that age. We're home. Yeah, we're home. I have a six-year-old boy that is enthralled with Star Wars. Has been since birth, for whatever reason. I mean, we watched on a normal. I watched, you know, New Hope yeah. more times than I probably should have. But from like a very young age, he was into it, and he loves our versions. You know, the first That's three cool. more than he does the, the younger stuff. You know, he, he does like the Jar Jar stuff, which is why they made the Jar Jar yeah. stuff to to get the kids. But he would rather watch a New Hope through Jedi. Any day, so but to say he's uh, anticipatory of Friday is quite an understatement, <laughs> and I'm trying to act like I'm not, but I. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how the whole Kylo Ren thing mm-hmm. plays out as far as Sith Lord. It looks like he's kind of almost they've done a spin on almost like the knighthood. Sure. So sure. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah, we're going to spend this week catching back up and going through all the episodes. You know. Well, that's the thing because I know I won't get to see it first night. Probably not even the second night. And I did tell my wife, I'm like, look, for our anniversary, all I want to do is just, I want to go see the new Star Wars movie at some point. Because, yeah, I try to get, she's not bad about going and seeing movies with me, but there are times like when uh, uh, Dark Knight Returns came out with that was with Ledger, right? That was that one. Possibly. I, I, yeah, since it wasn't wasn't no longer Batman, it was Dark Knight, and then Dark Knight Returns, and then see Dark Knight begin. I don't know. Yeah, the one with Ledger. Mm-hmm. It was several weeks after, and I had to spend several weeks going around going, no, 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 don't want to hear yeah. it. Spoilers. No spoilers. So I know I'm going to have to at least see it within the first week and a half to avoid. Yeah, there was a meme I saw this morning with Liam Neeson that says, anybody that, that spoils Star Wars for me this week, I will hunt you down. I will fight you. And I will kill you. Because honestly, I said we're we're excited about Friday, but we probably won't see it until Sunday because I'm yeah. not going to fight through the madness no, Friday night. Me neither. I got a job. <laughs> I can't afford to camp out in yeah. front of the movie theater. We'll probably do the matinee Sunday, Sunday afternoon or Tiffin or probably, something to that effect. Probably what we're going to do. But yeah, I've been. I tried getting my kids into that. I tried getting them to watch all the cool kids' movies when I was their age, like Dark Crystal and mm-hmm. Secret of Nim yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But 
No, it's 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 not Minecraft or My Little Ponies, so <laughs> I'm not having much luck with those girls. But my boys into know. the Avengers stuff, big time. Captain America and, and you know, and how much? Shows. No matter how much I I think I've said this before, but no matter how much I want to hate on them comic book movies, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I liked the one uh, Captain America, the Winter like, Soldier, the Winter Soldier yeah, that because was, it was. You can tell Cleve it was filmed in Cleveland, <laughs> and you can see Cleveland blowing up the whole yep. time. Wreck- I I partied there before. Man, that was Peabody's, man. <laughs> Hell yeah! You see the river? That shit's on fire, man. That's Cleveland, people, for sure. Yeah, I finally saw the trailer for since you brought up Captain America for uh, Civil War. And that looks pretty good. You guys, is Axel that Rose in it? No. <laughs> if Slash ain't in it, man, I ain't watching it. It's not a reunion without. <laughs> what? I know. I'm just wondering what Avenger would Axel Rose be. <laughs> oh my! They have to come up with a new asshole Avenger, man. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking more like if if you made like a Mortal Kombat character. <laughs> an Avenger, it'd be like that was left what's, turn, but go, all right, what's, go what's that one chick that would always. Scream real loud, and you it would shake the people. And oh, it was, it was like one of like Mortal Kombat two or three. It was like yeah, a, it, was it was like, like a chick. It was, yeah, it was a chick that would oh. that would scream at you. And she's bad. She's badass. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't Banshee, but it was something close to that. Was it Sindel? I'm in Sindel. Sindel, that's the one. That's Damn, it. you memory, man. I smoke too much dopies. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what I'm thinking. You're naming all these bands and who's in them still. It's like, I got that for you. I, I played can't remember lots shit. of. I played lots of bands and I don't remember. <laughs> I keep it fresh. Though. I'm, I'm doing it every weekend, so it yeah. stays there. And and I put everything in the page. And I really spend. The reason it's been a success, I totally believe, is because I've put more time into it than anybody else does with their stuff. And, and it's probably too much time because there's there's times when I'm at my paying job and things get posted whatever I mean I'm always on the job with this and going to shows this is the winter time so I don't go to as many shows I I usually hit two to three every weekend week whatever but now I was going to do the Busby Death Chair show Friday night and I got home from work and, and Emily asked me she goes are you going to Detroit tonight I said, well, by the way you said that, I would say no. <laughs> I said, well, we're thinking about making some popcorn, watch some Christmas movies with the kids, and do that. And like, yeah, it sounds like what I'm doing. So I had to, had to call Eero from uh, Busby Death Chair and said I wouldn't be able to make the show, but you know, then I, I went last night to one show. So this is the slowdown point, but like when I leave here, I'll go home and I'll be on the computer the rest of the day, putting in some videos from last night and some stills and editing this and that, and trying to keep it fresh and interesting and not like everybody else's page. Yeah. So many other pages I used to go to, and I still look at them from time to time just to see where I'm standing. They post a lot of YouTube videos that anybody can see. Yeah. Anybody can do that. Any videos that you're going to see me post, I just got that shit this week. You yeah. know? And it's low quality. Shot low quality by low life people. That's what <laughs> I always say. But you're not going to see it anywhere else. It's, I mean, it'll be shared. All my shit gets shared, and I'm fine with that. That's what I did this well, for. Yours is actually, and I remember you and I talked about this a little bit, some of your stuff that you've written up has actually gotten shared on other sites. Yeah, Maximum Threshold Radio out of uh, Eastern Ohio and into Pennsylvania. It's gotten shared on there, and I've had a chance to really get 
in better with those guys and being so busy, I haven't been able to do so. Dom Reaney is uh, the guy that runs that, and he does a great job. He's he has, he shares more stuff than I do on a national level. He's he's backstage with greats all the time. It, it amazes me on a weekly basis who he, who his pictures are with. Yeah. And uh, Mike is the drummer for their band. Their band is uh, Morning Wagon, and I can't. Mike Strong is the drummer, and he's. Hell, last week he was with King Diamond. He was backstage with King Diamond. Like, I hate you. It's crazy. <laughs> and you'll see Dom with, with just anybody from Brett Michaels to... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Dom. Anyway. Well, he needs something to believe in. Ace. <laughs> he does, right? Ace Fraley to, you know, to, to metal giants as well. And I've had my chance to get in with them, and it's not that I don't want to. It's just, this has consumed me. It takes yeah. up way too much time outside of work when I'm. I need to uh, find a way to do this. Perfect. Well, I think you have the same problem, Bill. I know you have demons. The busier you are, then the happier you are. But also, yeah. the job kind of gets in the having a job just kind of gets in the way because otherwise you just do it pretty much all. Day. Yeah, I do. And and this, you you bring up the demons. I, I uh, I've been sober about six years. Last month was my anniversary. And to, to keep me sober, this is what I do is I go to bars all the time and watch <laughs> bands and somehow it's worked. Yeah. When I sit and do nothing is terrible. I, I get I get that itch and so I'm just busy all the time. If I'm not at work, I'm doing something with the page, going to a show. That's why I've got the podcast, why him and I are working in two different bands. I work with our our uh, label a little bit on odd men shit. I skateboard, but that's why I just kind of just I don't know. Yeah. Well, for me, I, alcohol was never the problem, but the depression and mm-hmm. that kind of shit runs deep. Yeah. Yeah. One side, well, we're really both sides. My family to a certain extent. So for me, it's just like gotta keep busy. It's something else in common I didn't know then. So, so yeah, it is. Yeah. So yeah, not to get too real <coughs> on anybody for a second. Yeah, but, me either. But yeah, that is. It's just. But it is. I'm happy. And nowadays, they just medicate that shit away instead of. Right. Yeah. I'm getting away from yeah. my self medication. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I dealt with it for years, just being in a fucking coma, you know, and, and it worked. And I got to a point where I wanted to come out of that fog, man. And and it was, you know, I was still jacked up pretty bad when I first met you, and and I, I'm 180 away from where I was, but. And I work on it every day, and this is what gets me through it. Music has always been my savior. It yeah, has. Yeah. It, you know, it's never driven me to do any of these things. But it's There's times, you know, I'm a 13-year-old confused kid, parents going through a divorce, shit's really, really bad, questioning life and God and the lack of God and justice and this and that and thinking I know everything and questioning why, why am I here? Should I be here? And then I somebody gave me a cassette of Ride the Lightning, and that changed everything. <laughs> Whether you like Metallica or not, that album, I'm here because of that album. That was, that as was much as there. I like to poke yeah, that, well, that was <clears throat> one of my first one, too, of uh, listening to things that was not on the radio. Mm-hmm. And then I graduated high school and moved up to Toledo and started playing with some... Dudes, I didn't know any of the punk rock music. It was old, old minor threat. Fugazis and minor threats, mm-hmm. and and there was a chick there that gave me a old Misfits tape, you know, put in my car and everything, and that was where I started. Yeah, 
Very cool. Uh, I first got into rock and roll because of a, my stoner uncle that lived in our attic. He, uh, my dad listened to like Bob Seger and, and a lot of the mainstream stuff and Ted Nugent, and, and I was fine with that. But my uncle really got me into the heavier stuff, the, the MC5 and yeah. and things that you wouldn't hear on the radio. You know. Well, I think I think uncles in the attic's a lot better than people under the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> he was awesome, man. He was awesome, Uncle Boone. He's still around. He walks around this town, see him from time to time. But he's who got me into. He really started cutting my metal teeth, man. My wanting something more than what the radio could give, you know. And and for years, I never had that outlet. I would just go to record stores and randomly pick. The wow. album cover looked cool, yeah. and maybe somebody was in another band, so I'd grab it. Sometimes it was a hit. Most times it was like, Bleh. damn, how do I find something? That's kind of how I got it, too. I was probably around 11, 12. Decided I liked music, but I didn't always like what was on the radio. So mm-hmm. at that point, we had, like, uh, Stardust Records in Finley. Mm-hmm. They were independent, so I'd go in there, and that's kind of like, that's one band, Grateful Dead, has... Skulls and shit on it before right. I try that, which was a little bit of a, not what I thought. Yeah, they weren't a bad band, and you know, still make a Grateful Dead joke every so often. Yeah. But everybody's got a groove. But, you know, I'm after, grateful when you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> after a while, I found this band called Suicidal Tendencies. Hmm, never heard of them. And I was like, oh, let's check this out. And it was from the self-titled album, and it was like, boom, it's what clicked with me. All I wanted was a Pepsi, man. Just one Pepsi. Just one Pepsi. And then after that, I think I found Megadeth. And then yeah. after that, the Sex Pistols. But then I realized after, because I've told that story a few times, about, but I realized actually even for me, my college, like, searching for music, I actually started even earlier when I was younger. I was probably seven, six, seven. Uh... The people that uh, lived next door to my mom and dad, they had a son who had gotten in a motorcycle accident and it kind of fucked him up pretty bad. But So he lived with them and he was mentally still mostly there, but he was kind of messed up. And he'd had a son before, but his old room was still up uh, upstairs on the second floor and it still had all of his eight tracks and shit up there. So me and his son would go up there and look and kiss. Mm-hmm. With, I think it might have even been the first Kiss Alive. Okay. So we plugged it in there, and I remember the first time I heard it, because especially at that time, it would have been a lot of probably on the radio, Duran Duran, mm-hmm. that kind of early, early 80s. 80s. Yeah. And uh, I heard Kiss, and I hadn't heard of Kiss before, because especially in this time, in this area, Kiss wasn't really being played on the radio that much. Right. Maybe 104 every once in a while. Every now and again. But yeah, I heard this band and I saw this. I'm like, these guys are like got weird fucking face paint on. And right. So that's kind of probably where the first of it kind of just lodged in the my theatrics mind. theatrics of, of, of Kiss. Yeah, yeah. That love gun lodged in your mind. <laughs> <laughs> the plaster caster. It fit the good old rock and roll time, you know. <laughs> party every day. And that's the thing. We've all evolved. I, I, oh, yeah. I, that's something I totally bought all of the merchandising behind it because that's what they geared it to. They, yeah. You know, you got these superstars that are also some kind of superhero and they had the cartoons and yeah. the comics and marketing I'm a geniuses. Huh? I'm a kitty cat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's hot. They're still going. They're still marketing the shit yeah, out of Two of them are, yeah. Yeah, 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 I know that's, yeah. But I mean, seriously, I mean, if you would not hear any of it, you look at it and go, wow, this is some heavy, for the 70s, some heavy yeah. stuff. And then you hear it and it's like, that's very feminine, you know? <laughs> and I, I look back now and of course, oh, but I liked it. Yeah, there's no argument. I can't, all right, I'm not going to lie right here. I just got a new flash drive 
that I loaded up with music so I can stick it into the computer that I play drums along to. You know, I play music mm -hmm. and I play drums along to it to stay in practice. What are you gonna play? Kiss, Kiss's greatest hits is on this US, <laughs> on the stick. Don't be hating. There's no reason to hate. We all came from somewhere. See, nobody's hating. I'm making a confession. I am but giving like you of myself. Confess. You should, whatever. No judging, man. Getting back to the feminine part. <laughs> oh, I see. There's oh. no doubt about that, though. When you watch uh, Paul Stanley on uh, Rock Girls. Uh, uh, Decline of Western Civilization uh -huh. Part 2. Oh, yeah. I don't care the fact that he's got women draped all over him. That soft focus and just yeah. the, the lispy way that he talks. He does. He talks with a... Yeah. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. The first time Emily had ever been That's racist. my wife. <laughs> Homophobic. Yeah. Emily had never been uh, subjected to kiss. You know, uh -huh. She was very sheltered and... Whatever, but uh, I, I introduced her to a lot of music, and and she rejected much of it, <laughs> which is fine. Whatever. That, that is true. Because with your wife, you know, there's a certain amount of stuff you really fucking dig. She's just gonna be like, "Why do you listen?" I yeah, know, that's, and, that's and she's trying to drill like the the rap rock radio station, like ninety two five, uh, in her car all the time, and drives around my daughters, and I feel like a bad dad for not over programming their brains out of that stuff. <laughs> I've at least got my wife to the point where I can listen to both of her and she doesn't go, God, can you turn that off? Yeah. So I've at least got her to that point. But, but to, to let you know of all the things that she has liked of, that I've showed her, yeah. <laughs> your disc is one of them. Oh, really? <laughs> she, she gets ear to ear, man. She loves it, man. Cool. She really does. She's like, is that the macho man? <laughs> we have to watch yeah. it. <laughs> we listened to it on our vacation. We went to... Uh, we spent our wonderful 10th anniversary in Cleveland, Ohio. Had a three-show week, three show weekend, and we went there, and that was in the, the disc player. And we listened to it a lot, like, the whole weekend. And this, I started, I kept her tapping her foot. I'm like, you dig it, no? She goes, it's not terrible. <laughs> well, that's, that the best, that's the best review yet. <laughs> Comments. It's not terrible. <laughs> it's not fucking terrible. I'm going to blunt on any fat note to put that off for the next advertiser. We're going to try to push the disc. It's mad. We'll call your wife. Stop here. Yeah. yeah. Emily Schindorf says, I give it a star and it's not terrible. <laughs> I would listen to it again, which is hard to do with her because most of I give her, she's like, <laughs> what'd you think? <laughs> you ate it, didn't you? Yeah, it's not good. I don't know what he said. It's all screaming. I love it. It's much better than Phantom or Cat. <laughs> we have uh, no Saturday Night Live reference. We uh, were listening to some yeah, friends yeah. of mine in a defunct band from Akron called Flames Burn Black. And uh, Crystal Service Stewart, she's the lead singer, so she has a very growly low end. That night of the Pantera tribute band, she actually got up on stage and did a lot of the Phil Ensemble stuff yeah. and did it well. She, she She's great, front lady, but... She, uh, they gave me a, a disc of their, their band. They're now in another band. That, that band is defunct, but it's pretty heavy stuff, and she's very angry-sounding, and if you grew up in Akron, you'd be angry. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and my son, he's like... I love LeBron. <laughs> yeah. No, no. They, they still hate LeBron. But my son's like, what? 
why is why is he so mad? Somebody should get him a puppy. <laughs> I told her that story at the bar one night, man. She loved it. Yes, yeah, so I have lots of puppies. <laughs> you stage, stole me your man. puppies? <laughs> but on stage, she kills puppies. Oh, I have a, a movie review. Okay. You know, uh, as you might have heard before, I take a lot of pride in... Uh, having a large movie collection and using the Plex application to mm. watch it wherever I want. Well, the wife really wanted that uh, movie, that girl movie Trainwreck okay. for a long time. It came out on DVD or whatever. So I set up the unrated version for her and put it on the system and everything. And the first half hour of it's pretty damn good, but the rest of it's just a total chick flick. And the only reason I bring it up because our favorite wrestler, John Zena, yeah, is, I saw the, yeah, is I saw naked it. in it about the whole time. He goes off in a movie theater, too. I saw that bit. Where... And that was pretty funny. He's, he's a very sensitive metro metrosexual. Yeah. But the thing was, he actually he did the whole trick Carrying the uh, the washcloth out on your dick, you know, to <laughs> totally naked, uh -huh. but just standing there with uh, the towel draping. <laughs> I, I figured you'd appreciate that being such a wrestling fan. Okay, thanks. Cause you're gonna go and watch it, aren't you? Actually, the wife just wanted to see that movie anyhow. So. Sure. So hey, now you have a scapegoat. <laughs> I'm telling you, the first half hour is pretty funny, but after the chick dumps. Your boy John Zena. Well, it's not really my boy John Zena, but I just like. Doing, I just love doing that thing. Yes. After. Plus, I also love all those internet videos where they're like, "Well, who's behind the mask?" It's John Zena. After the chick dumps him, it turns into real chick flick. But yeah, because she ends up with Bill Hader. Up until then, up until then, it's pretty funny. Okay. Just so you know, that's my movie movie review for the month. I have not actually. Wife tricked me into it. The <laughs> thing I watched lately is the uh, first two Expendables movie because I realized I was behind on those. I hadn't seen them. I've still not seen them. I don't watch them. They're not. They're worth a rent. Mm -hmm. You're going to poke fun at Stallone because uh, that's the other hey. thing about Stallone. Hey, <laughs> like, what do you say? Like, hey, is he got a lot of plastic surgery or just uh, a lot of makeup yeah, on yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, his face doesn't move anymore. It's like it, Tom Jones. Well, I saw him recently in Creed, and I'm like, he it must have been makeup. How was that? I haven't seen it. Oh. I heard it's, oh. you just saw the thing. yeah. I saw the trailers for it, and I've heard several people say he did a good move with that movie because he just plays. The way Rocky really would be at that age. He's an right. old beat down guy. He's taken up the mantle of Mick at mm -hmm. this point. Did right. he study Muhammad Ali f for his method acting? I don't know. And what a boxer at that age. That, that shit ain't pretty. Yeah. 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 Usually they don't last to that age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that for the world premiere, they had Dolph Lundgren there? Yeah. <laughs> and then the meme was like, motherfucker killed my daddy. <laughs> and they let him into the movie house. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. <laughs> Those movies were great, dude. That was, uh, that was part uh, of my childhood, man. Yeah. You know what was great about them? They have... Oh, man. I, what's, it, what's it called? They have... The anthem they have like, 
Like in Revenge of the Nerds, they have like they're they're cleaning up the house. They have the background music. Yeah, and they, so they had Survivor's Eye of the Tiger. And they had and he's running and trading, <laughs> and you know you have that. You want to go out and do something? Exactly. But I always just sit on the couch and watch the rest of the movie. And I'm like, I should go out. No. Nah, I'll just watch this. But when I was younger, I'm like, oh, it's telling me I need to do something. I need to pump iron. I need to finish no. I can't hear Eye of the Tiger now without hearing C.K. Wise version of it. I've not heard that. Can't Kill Yourself? They do a really terrible... <laughs> Actually, it was from the C.K.Y. videos of Bam Margera throwing himself into shit and Bono oh, Johns. Okay. Then they even did a little montage where he made fun of Rocky. But yeah, it's a really lo-fi version of... Nice. So, uh, uh, Expendables, yeah. And anyway, they're not bad. It is kind of neat just seeing, like, oh, yeah, they got you know, this dude in there. So, it's this one. So, it is, it is, it's campy and cheesy as fuck, as long as you know that. Because there was, uh, the, in two, uh, Jean Claude is the bad guy. Okay. And not to spoil too much of the movie, but they got they got the new guy on Expendables crew. He gets caught by Jean Claude's guys, and uh, they make you know they got the Expendables down on their knees, and you and know then, what part I'm talking then, about. And then he does a split and punches him in the nuts because he has to. Because Jean Claude Van Damme. Close. That's probably that might actually I haven't finished watching the last 45 minutes of that movie. That's probably in there. But no, uh, Jean Claude's the right hand guy. Uh, Holds a great big survival knife over the guy's heart, and then Jean Claude does a spinning kick right into the knife, and they're all like, "No!" And I'm like, "That was a campiest shit move. That was just, you know, I can't just stab a dude in the heart. Ah, I got to do a spinning kick to get the knife into the heart." So yeah, I mean, yeah, I bought it on blue. I bought both movies on Blu-ray for five bucks, so I'm not gonna bitch too oh, much. Because yeah. after I watch them, I'll probably pass them on to somebody else. But I'll take them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not seeing the spinning death kick. <laughs> no, it's just because the same technique I've used to uh, copy and format and encode DVDs, I'm in the process of learning Blu-ray Blu-rays also. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've done it before, but okay. I'll keep that in mind. But to be a true pirate, you must always... Wear a peg leg? Up the bounty. (laughs) You must up the bounty. The booty must increase for each, you know. Okay. I think they're being raided. Yep. They're definitely being raided. Hello? Hello? What's up? This is the... Oh shit! Move my shit. Move my shit off of your shit. Not much. I turned off all the gas downstairs. Yeah, at least it's a warm week, I guess. Interesting podcasting once again. Brought to you by Jason. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, but uh, we're on movies. Oh yeah, but yeah, I'm probably gonna end up just watching uh, Fury Road again this weekend at some point. I got some time off. I can't help it. I love that movie. Witness me. How 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 are all them dudes so pale when you just sit out in the sunlight in the desert the whole time? It's a covering, similar to uh, the makeup you uh, applied uh, when you, in your certain band. It's very similar technique, and they do that so they don't get sunburned. I think also part of the thing is they've all been infected by the radiation being out in the actual wasteland for so long that they've got to do something. With. That's why they do the blood transfusions. 
apparently. Miller doesn't really go, go out Before and explain. It, well, it's a lot. That's the thing about a lot of Miller's movies, though, except for like Happy Feet. I think that pretty much explains everything. Of it. But uh, most of Miller's movies, he doesn't really put everything right out there for you. Like, oh, well, this this is a, this is this way, and this is this way, and I'm slapping you across the face with it. Some of it, you got it's cerebral, dude. You got to kind of figure it out on your own. I hate thinking. <laughs> it's not too bad on this movie. But it makes my brain hurt. <laughs> I just like being front row and banging my head. Doing the toxic waltz. Doing the tie. Wow, that takes me back. It's alright, I just, I heard Exorcist yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I was still like, this song still fucking rules. Still a great show too, man. Saw him last December with Slayer. Oh, so good. Fillmore. Yeah. Troy, I love the Fillmore. So I gotta ask, what's it like seeing Slayer now with different is it it's different because even the new album I bought it Repentless is alright it's alright I, I don't hate it, I, it but I'm not, it doesn't capture fury that I'm not 16 anymore that's yeah and they are that's part of it yeah. we were just uh, we had a pretty meaningful conversation yesterday me and a few people at the show talking about bands from our youth and Metallica always comes up and the first you know three four albums everybody seems to love and they, they were well, it is the for most people want to hit the black album right and that's something that has stood the test. I mean, at 16, I loved it. At 40, I still, I still like Kill Em All. I still like Ride the Lightning. Yep. I, I still put Injustice in, and I still dig it. Anything past that is very disposable to me. Yeah. The Black Album included. And I listened to the Black Album a lot when I was a kid. And that, I think that was more out of popularity than anything. Everybody listened to it. I bought it. I listened well, yeah, to it. I, was, I remember when the Black Album came out, because I went, the day of it was released, I went, I bought it. I listened to it, and I was like... Huh. Yeah. Okay. It, you saw them age. Yeah. And, and that's that's what it is. Yeah. Like. We were talking about them. <laughs> age. Age. Cheetah. <laughs> They're 50. They're not 16. They're not, they've changed. Their musical tastes have changed. Yeah. Lars has become a terrible drummer. The rest of all became... <laughs> <laughs> Just became. Well, he fooled me a lot in 1988. But but seeing them on David Letterman, did you see that? No, an monstrosity three no. or four months ago. No. Have you ever played with this band before? Terrible. How can you? Uh, I, I don't even know. I, I couldn't believe. And I'm watching it with my young son, and he's like, "That's." That, that's him. He's the one missing everything. Everybody else is right on. And it just shows what professionals the rest are because they didn't acknowledge. <laughs> it was terrible. It was really... He has fell off. I mean, not, not that he was ever anything up front. The double kick from one really got everybody's attention to yeah, him. Yeah. Even though people like us had heard Overkill do it. Uh, or in, in the song Overkill or, from Motorhead. Yeah. Eons before that. But or Dave Lombardo do plenty and Slayer. Absolutely, but that was that was just out of mainstream. Yeah, Metallica was more mainstream than, than Slayer. I mean, you had us little stoner kids that knew all that, but everybody else, Metallica was the safety of MTV. Yeah, once one was released, they they were safe. Slayer, you were only ever going to see that on Headbangers Ball because that show was great for two years. Henry Rollins actually did kind of put Slayer in a really good reference for as far as what they do. He goes, he goes, Slayer's a great band. I love them. He goes, that will never change. He goes, because the thing about Slayer is they are always sticking to their story. He goes, it's kind of like after the album is released, we put the band in a block of ice. Mm -hmm. and we've been doing that since 1984. Mm -hmm. Time for a new record. Ship the band out. Okay, boys, go. Wah! And Rhett's 
kind of just how Slayer is. I can't disagree because the, the blueprint's never been changed. With no. It's the same thing. It's if, if I don't care for the things, the new stuff today, as much as earlier, it's because I've changed so much. The music really is the same. Yeah. It, it, they've never messed with the blueprint, whereas Metallica, they have totally changed and tried to put the melodies in where the oh, used to be, yeah. the the teeth of it, the meat of it, and they, it happens to everybody. Yeah. They were hungry. They were on they were on the strip trying to to get a, a show here, get a show there, get a following. Seventy five people at a show was crazy <clears> big. What a great show! They hated all the glam stuff of the Motley Crews and everything mm-hmm. the Sunset Strip had to offer. They were anti that. They were the anti rock stars wearing t shirts and blue jeans, no spandex, no no shit like that. They were hungry. They literally were yeah. fucking hungry. I mean, they didn't have. Nobody to eat. No, yeah. Once you sustain that level, you you lose something. Yeah. I don't have to do this to eat tomorrow. I don't have to now. Okay, I know what they like as a whole, but I'm gonna try to interject this. This is a part of me as well, and it sometimes it works. Most times it doesn't. Uh-huh. But now I've got the money to show you what I truly want to play. And a lot of times, musicians' music is only appreciated by musicians, you know? Yeah. A lot of people don't get Rush because it's very much studio musician music, and yeah. so many don't like it. And that's where that goes. I mean, so many bands, when they're still strung out and jacked up with a needle in their arm, that's the best music they've ever put out. If I could amplify Rush's drums and uh, minimize the vocals, that'd be the best band ever. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like Getty at least hanging through his nose? Come on. Kurt's retired, son. He's retired. You hear that? Oh, yeah. Here's yeah. that. But yeah, kind of going back to Repent List, it's... I heard uh, the first before the album came out. Uh, I heard the first single. Uh, it was killer. Yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah, like yeah they did the video in the prison yard. Yeah, I, I like it. Man. I saw a lot of people fucking hate on it, and I'm like, oh, it's yeah. rough. It's yeah. pretty rough, and they're killing cops. So who's going to say, oh, that's the greatest thing ever? <laughs> Me, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Not the anti-cop thing, but it's a cool video. It's and like horror. Honestly, too, I really haven't invested enough time in the album yet to really to really sit and listen to it. Yeah, I did. I have really dug uh, Piano Wire, which was one of the last things. Henneman apparently wrote mm-hmm. before he died. Right, that's but, the one that's on there that, that is still his. Yeah. There was a few things in there that he had, he had written. But once again, I, I haven't deciphered the, the or sit through and ripped it apart like I do many because local albums. I, I could go yeah. through a lot of local albums and talk about on here that many people haven't heard of. But yeah. There is a uh, band in Cleveland called Pawns and Chess. The, the name kind of throws you. It's a three-piece instrumental. Very early... Mega deathy, very early Bay Area thrash kind yeah. of sound, but no vocals at all. Very tight. These three guys, very very tight. They were on a, a bill. I've only seen them once. They gave me a disc, and I listen to it daily, man. It's it's just mood music. Great great stuff. Pawns and chess. Three dudes, and they they've got a show coming up. I think they're playing the last show at Iggy's, which is a bar in Lakewood outside of Cleveland, and that's like Jan- early January. But they're really good, and that's got that old. They're our age, but it's got yeah. that old. It sounds like 1986 thrash without vocals. It, it's really good, but it has good chord progression to it, and I don't know. It's something that stood out. It doesn't sound like anybody else's stuff. Each song, there's eight tracks on it, and each song is different, even though there's no lyrics at all. Each song, you can totally tell each one apart. It's got a whole different story without lyrics. And huh. I, I like that shit. So actually, something I was going to touch on earlier because we got close to the subject, and 
Right, talk about Macho Man or whatever else. Oh yeah. Uh, you and I, I think, uh, had talked about this briefly, but once before, about how you got your whole other little world. Because I got my podcasting band little world. You got yours with your pit with the metal militia. Mm-hmm. But yet, like when you go to work, no one can really relate because yeah. it's something him and I. <laughs> we really don't talk to anybody. I got about one dude at work that's kind of helped to the podcast digs it. But after that, everyone else is kind of like, well, what's a podcast? Mm. Uh, it's radio on the internet. Uh, well, what do you talk about? Eh, a little bit of everything. It's music. It's just whatever. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. That's, so I, I'm assuming you kind of get... All the time. Similar. Yeah, all the time. I, most people don't get it, but that's... Going back to, we live in the middle of a cornfield. Yeah, we don't do. I, I don't go, expect them to, but it's just yeah. I go to a bigger city, and people want to hear what I've got to say about music. And I come here, you, you two are the only ones that have ever wanted. What do you think about music? <laughs> like, um, like music here, like cover music, or like real music. That's one of the things people that live in like big cities, like New York, they're always snobs about. Oh well, I live in the big city, and you live in the flyover country, and like. Yeah, well, you got to get on a train and drive an hour with some smelly homeless guy. <laughs> They're not and, really smelly. And, and, and I can, I can, I can, uh, I drive, I drive an hour through a cornfield and get to the same big city, you know? Right. You know, got the best of both worlds. And I wouldn't change it. I love being in the city, but I, I couldn't live there. No, I mean, yeah. Have you ever tried to pay for parking for one week in a city? Oh, I couldn't. Yeah. I can't afford it, man. That, that's know. what my friend Tree. She <laughs> she has always been a walker. Uh, she's tr- public transportation. I mean, to downtown that's, Cleveland. And Cleveland's, yeah. Cleveland's a cheap city, and it's like yeah. four hundred a month for a parking space. Forget you. You know, I, I couldn't do that. And the hustle bustle. I dig for a minute. But yeah. I love coming home. Yeah. I love the the depressed coming back down the turnpike, coming home, listening to whatever new goodies I've gotten over the weekend. The one thing, probably other than the music itself, the shows themselves are all the little record shops. Man, I love yeah. the little mom and pop record shops. Oh, and it's non-existent around here in our area. Hell anymore. no. Yeah, Finders is the nearest thing we have, and that's not. not you're not going to find count. what I'm looking for. No. But up there you go. Dude, I found some great old Zappa stuff this weekend. I just got Lucifer's Friend from a guy in Toledo. I, it's a used copy. It's not in the best shape. I overpaid for it, but I don't care. I mean, if you've ever heard it, it's Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin, uh-huh. but it's done with horns. But it was released two years before Led Zeppelin's version, so I don't know. Kind of chew on that for a minute. <laughs> it's on YouTube. Check it out, Lucifer's Friend. But it's done with horns. Yeah, exactly. I, I got turned on to it a while ago, and I've heard of it for, for quite some time, but i never seen the release date. Yeah. You know, there's always the talk of Led Zeppelin ripping everybody's bag back in the day, and yeah. Steve, record producer stealing this and giving to Paige, and I don't know. I don't know how you argue that one, but Led Zeppelin's one of my favorite bands, but still, that's that came out before, and it's definitely, you can't just stumble across it like, oh, that sounds similar. Bullshit, yeah, I, think, I think they stole more black music than Elvis. I don't know. That's pretty hard to do, but <laughs> if you can do it well, steal that shit, man. That was the other huge controversy. I don't know if you guys ever, uh, hang on, I have to go. Band called Excel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, uh, did a song with an acoustic beginning called Tripping in an Emotional Void. Mm-hmm. Released in 80... 
I want to say six, maybe five. What year did one come out? 80, I want to say 88. 88, yeah. Something like that. Beginning of one is exactly the same. It was probably written in 87. That's tripping right. and the emotional void. Huh. So I'll have to throw this up on uh, Facebook later for comparison. For people. Yeah, I would, I would definitely check that out, man. Because Excel was always kind of like, look, we're not mad, but we'd at least kind of... Because yeah. the two bands toured with each other for a while. Hmm. So they're like, like, well, we're not really mad at it, but we kind of like, at least like to be acknowledged a little bit about... Well, I found that with a lot of underground music. Yeah. I, have you ever been hip to Pentagram? Have you ever oh, yeah. them at all? I mean, I, oh, I, I have absolutely... Really, you came on my house. Oh, that's right. You're wearing the shirt. I'm yeah. like, ah, I love this dude, man. <laughs> I, I have loved my stoner uncle. Turned me on to him back in the day. He's like, this is the poor man's Ozzy Osbourne. This is poor man's Black Sabbath. I'm like, Pentagram, I... You sold me a pentagram. I mean, cool they were a band. I don't know why they were so underrated for so many years. And about eight years ago, they there was kind of a resurgence. Well, the, the, they did the documentary on Bobby in yeah. thirteen, but that was only a couple years ago. Yeah, and that got the majority hip to him. But the dude stepped on his dick for a living. I mean, every time they would be at the cusp, at the door to blow up, he would fuck up. He's a junkie. He's a, he's a fucking junkie. I met him finally. Two months ago, nice ass guy. He's still definitely got some super demons he's dealing with. Yeah. And everybody else in the band are like super Christians. It's really crazy. <laughs> Name Pentagram. Yeah, Victor Griffith threw out a god chip and I caught it. I, I didn't know what it was. It was gonna be some demon lore. Oh, it's it's John three. What the heck is this? I got it. I actually put it on the page. But is this similar to Stone Cold three sixteen? <laughs> this is not what I expected in a Pentagram show, but. They get around out, uh, <laughs> them little comic books or whatever. Oh yeah, used to back in the day. I want to. I still them. find those every so often. I'll wander into like a bathroom at a truck stop somewhere, <laughs> and then I'll be sitting there, and I'm like, I'm still taking this because I like laughing at them. Yeah, why not? Why not? But yeah, they they are a great great band. But there's a lot of stuff if you listen to their because they didn't put out an album till like I may be wrong in the year, but mid '80s. Yeah, but. There's like 80 songs from the 70s. They just never could quite get to an album. But they had so much. There's some really terrible recordings of the early stuff. But if you listen to it, when you listen to the album through, it's like, oh, that sounds like blankety blank. Yeah. That sounds like blankety blank. Wait a second. This is before blankety blank, you know, or, you know, whichever song. They had uh, the first show they killed themselves with was like 1976. They had Gene and Paul from Kiss, which they had just came into mainstream notoriety, had become millionaires as of recent, and still gave a fuck about music. Yeah. And they were out trying to find young bands to help them, you know, sign them. Correct, right, because uh, the Runaways were actually a band that got right, kind of caught up. Right on, well. right on. Well, they were they were on board for Pentagram. They had heard all this hubbub about Pentagram down in the D.C. area, so they went and they met at it was Bob, I believe it was Bobby's house. They were all in the basement. That's where they practiced. And it was a rented house. So they're all set up to play. Bobby is stoned and, and doing what Bobby does. And they start playing. And Kiss and Gene are there. And the landlord comes. Turn that shit down. We go, that's too loud. Blah, blah, blah. He goes, no, 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 no. This is, I understand that you're upset. But this is, these, these guys are from that band Kiss. You know, Kiss. I never heard of Kiss. Not them fairy girls or whatever. However they went on about it. You know, all dress up with the mom's makeup and everything. Well, uh, <laughs> Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons being who they are. 
they checked out the music. They're like, oh, it's, it's gritty. It's it's not bad. I could see something happening, but your drummer, he doesn't have good skin. You know, your guitarist, <laughs> he's kind of pudgy. <laughs> they started picking them apart by how they looked, yeah. and they they walked away from it. And Bobby was a fucking junked out junkie. You know? Now, I will tell you, I met him, very nice guy. And, and dealing with addiction and demons that I battled... I could definitely appreciate he's on a whole nother level of touring and yeah. the if I had no wife, kids, whatever, and I'm touring in a band as badass as Pentagram and people are throwing shit at me, I'm putting everything up my nose I possibly could. <laughs> yeah, whatever, man. I can't can't judge on that level. But the fact is, he's fifty three, he looks yeah. like he's hundred and fifty three, but he still plays and sings like he's twenty three. He's on stage and he kills it. He's such a great, great act, man. Him and, and Griffith being together again is a great sound. I love that riff heavy stuff. Can't beat it for me. I'd take that I'd take that over Black Sabbath. I said it. Oh man. I said it. Now everybody's gonna hate me. <laughs> I was like, watching Fallout. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast slowing down a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, we probably should wrap it up. I think we've... Two hours at least. Yeah, we're at uh, 425 now, so... Holy crap. So, yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah, we could probably... We'll have to have it back on sometime, because I think we could just keep going. Oh, dude, I could go on forever, man. So... For sure. Cool. Well, it was great having you on. Metal Militia. Metal Militia. Check it out. So what's on that Facebook, Facebook page? NWO Metal Militia. And, uh... It's a public it. group. It's a... It's an open group. Check it out. Good stuff. I don't think we really have much else. Uh, got any comments, suggestions? Punk Off Podcast, gmail.com. Chris, you got anything else? I have nothing. Fallout? Oh, don't Fallout. So, yeah. Uh, I guess I that's... still think Borderlands beats Fallout, but. Yeah, I know. You're all over Borderlands nuts, and then you got me doing a <laughs> Battlefront. Right all now. over them nuts. I hope that's all good online. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, you and, I, you and I can talk about that once we get off the <laughs> podcast. But. I was kind of expecting a single player to be a little better, too, you know? Yeah. But, uh, other than that, I guess, uh, I don't have any quotes for a week, so I'm just going to keep using the same damn one I always do. Witness me!